Oh, I'm Eagle. Eagle Gardens. Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram. And this is Fucking Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 373. Hopefully you guys have had a great day. I know I have. Tonight we got a great guest with us, uh, Hemp with Gigi. You want to tell us how you're doing and where they can find you on social media? YouTube, mainly YouTube as well. Yeah, mainly YouTuber. Trying to start up a help channel for beginner growers kind of like myself i haven't been growing long but you can find me on youtube hip with gg you can find me on instagram hemp with gg i'm also a grow leader over on coco for cannabis you can find me over there hemp with gg as well nice nice coco yeah. cannabis that's a nice uh forum they've got going over there you know shout out to dr mj coco he was on the episode he was on the show a few episodes back and and kind of got talking about uh, the cocoa before cannabis forum over there. <clears throat> and uh, I actually went over there and signed up, made a few posts. I've kind of been busy. I haven't been back in a bit. But I really appreciate the forum he's got over there because it does remind me a whole lot of the kind of forums that we used to have back when I first started. A lot of, a lot of stuff like ain't like that where you can journal, actually have a nice journal of your grow keep things you know real serious about a lot of the ig drama and stuff that can you know go along with that but yeah, it, it is definitely a nice uh forum for knowledgeable growers that want to take their craft serious so yeah i originally found them because of the uh, grow light calculator i think that's an amazing tool over there Because you can also not only use his data that he's typed in and done a par test review on, but I just figured out a few months ago, you can actually enter your own data just by taking it from the manufacturer. So if they say, you know, I'm running 600 watts and we get a 2.1 UTA mole per joule, you can type that in as calculated PPF, actually get an ideal of what the light can cover and what it can yield and what kind of UTA moles it has. So that's how I found them. And then I got involved in the plant training challenge. I ended up winning one of the prizes in there. So yeah, it's a really fun place and the prizes are great. But that's what kind of inspired yeah, me that... for cannabis and they really uh, took me under their wing. And I was like, you know what? I can't really pay them back, you know, financially. I can't give them weed, you know? So I thought, why not try to pass that on and try to keep people from making mistakes I made? Like there's a lot of beginner mistakes. Just having somebody there to answer the questions can save you a lot of problems. Reliable folks to answer the questions. That's kind of key as well. <laughs> yeah, that chat room's pretty, pretty helpful. You know, in the growing community, I've only been in it about a year, but I find it can be a bit of a pissing contest. People say, you know, there's one way to do it. And it's not like that over at Cocoa for Cannabis. Even if you're not Cocoa, you can go in there as soil. And they're like, okay, I'll help you. Or if you have a crackheaded ideal, they're so like telling you, you instead of telling you you're stupid. What did you win over there? He had a bunch of great product, uh, prizes over there for that. Yeah, contest. I won the uh, score. I ended up winning the XX2000 for best grow me, just kind of like a best helpful kind of go out of their way to help you. But I plugged it in last night. I ended up at some point, I guess, when I boxed it back up, I 
must have hit one of the LEDs because like 16 of the LEDs are out. So it happens. But I'm really, I'm really in love with that Medic Fold 8 light. Like it's, it's crazy for the price. I kept thinking there was gonna be something wrong with it, but I can't find anything wrong with it. And it's got to be one of the cheapest per unimals out there. You're paying like 32 cents per unimal. When you're looking at 589 for a four by four light, like that's a good price. And usually you can't buy these large five by five fixtures and dim them down and use them because it's just not cost effective. But with the Fold 8, I feel like it might become the new 4x4 light. The only par reading that really beats that is two SP3000s, and you're going to spend way more than 589 Have you looked at that Medic Fold 8 light yourself? I have not. I have not. Yeah, they came, not. Out with, yes. they came out with a freaking another one now that has the screen on the front that tells you, like, light spectrums and your... Uh, timer it'll tell you like you can plug in additional like infrared bars into it and it'll show you like live uh light spectrum of how it's adjusting and everything it's crazy that's pretty badass that sounds like a pretty nice feature heck yeah <laughs> but uh if you use uh i don't know if i can tell doc's code on here but you get 70 dollars off if you use the ccfc code which is what makes it that 589. I just didn't want to drop people's codes like in your show without you giving me that head nod. Yet. I don't care if you could save some viewers some money. Go right ahead. It's not like, it's not like, I, this is the way I feel about that. It's not like I'm promoting it. That's the part that I don't like. I don't want to be like, my, you know, on my end, it's a commercial. But on your end, it's something that you, you know, you tried and you liked and you know, yeah, I, guess I don't make any money off that code. It's just it makes it really cheap for people, and I think it's a great light. But I'm doing a full uh, ten part series over on my YouTube on the Fold Eight light, just going over like uh, I did some temperature readings in a four by four at eighty percent, some temperature readings at hundred percent. I'm actually working on a video, uh, getting some video and pictures of the enclosed drivers the only issue is they keep changing it like at one point they were running 720 drivers and they went to 760 drivers so my data i have to get somebody else that has a 760 it's a video i'm working on but it's a lot of questions i get asked like what do those drivers really look like because you can't get to them just more videos i'm working on you running autos or photos yourself I run photos myself. Okay. Nothing but photos. I've tried some autos back in the past, and I mean, way, way, way long time ago. And then I tried some like two years ago now, and still didn't. Was nothing I've had luck with. So yeah, I've always stuck with the photos. How about yourself? What do you, uh, what do you got going in the tents over there? I'm usually a photo person all day. Like I've only ever done photos, but uh, Cocoa Bacanvas over there talked me into trying some autos. I got some red poison autos, but uh, they ended up flipping to flower 23 days in. So I thought that was a bit weird. Flashing me. They have a trigger. You know, certain things trigger on the models. I've heard the pot size when they hit bottom. When you top pot, them. They want to flip. Oh. 
Yeah, there's a lot of myths to it. I don't think we have enough. I've heard some people say you can. I don't know. Not me, anyway. I don't know. You hear weird things. I heard the other day in another live, this dude was like, I re-vegged an auto. I was like, no, you... I don't think you can re but he's he's dead ass. He thinks he re so I don't know how that works. Yeah, I actually, I don't see why you couldn't, you know, that's what I've actually said that myself, that you should be able to, and but that would it, be the time on that a, first re process, try to take them cuts. I don't know. What, what are you saying? Oh. Sure. I just don't know how you would do it with an auto. Like an auto relies on an internal change to flip the flowers. So I feel like no matter what you do with the lights, there's just no way you can get a full genetic auto to actually reveg. I just don't see how it'd be possible. I don't, for me, I don't know why, what the benefit would be, you know what I mean, uh, to try to reveg it. It seems like maybe the life cycle would get shorter and shorter or you know it does it just seems like things would get out of balance with that 100 uh, i would think I, I don't know how I, I don't think it's a full auto genetics i think it has some kind of maybe a ruderal in it but it has a photo period genetics that's allowing him to re-badge it i just don't see how you would do that with an auto personally Yeah, stick to my photos. Good old Yeah, I might have to. We'll see. If we're flipping 23 days in. I really don't want a short ass plant like that. Well, I heard, you know, I'm not knocking them all together. I've actually seen <clears throat> a lot of growers kill it with some. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just not me. Yeah, some outdoor grows, some guys up in Canada. Yeah, not me either. And from what I've seen, you know, a lot of the, there are some people that grow them on like a home level and, you know, enjoy them. And again, I'm not saying auto cannabis is inferior in any way, but from what I've seen and heard of people talking, it seems to be they'll be used more for like extracts on a large scale. I can see that. What I do find even interesting on photos is I feel like as home growers, we see a lot of strains that you won't see in uh, dispensaries because we can grab those 11, 12 week flower photos where, like you're saying, on a large industry, it's kind of more scale based time. So they're going to do more of those eight weeks. You don't really see the ones you see as home growers grow these 11, 12 weekers. Which I find interesting. Guys, keeping the variety Don't you hate right. when you just had your litter on you and you fucking lose it? Like it was right here. And ran away from me. My bad. My bad. No. You know, all so, us potheads have lost their lives. We call that a squirrel around here. We call that a squirrel around here. Squirrel. It's like a, you have the dog that. Yeah, a dog that sees the, you know, walking a dog and he kind of sees that squirrel. And, oh, you know, that, that, that's the squirrel. They, they've just okay. lost sight of whatever they're doing. Just off yeah. in that direction. Um, so let's start it from uh, where we usually started. When was your first experience with cannabis? Do you mind telling us, talking about a little bit like, about that? Smoking cannabis? Uh, probably when I was about 20. Yeah, I got a hand that- of cannabis. 
pretty uh pretty late a friend of mine said hey try this and it was kind of off to the races then but i really never liked the i only been growing for about a year i only been smoking for about eight years but i really didn't like the whole having to meet a stranger on the street so about a year ago i tried to grow a bag seed i'm sure we all know how that went but <laughs> i gave up on the bag seed and i went and actually bought a real seed and i've now successfully harvested three yields my first one was pretty sad around four ounces my second one was 19 ounces and the one i just did which was uh rump muffins by benny farms i ended up getting 30 ounces out of a uh, four by four. so it wasn't too bad but i really that's, just no that's wow. commendable buddy 30 ounces out of four by four nice job on the third time it's up yeah. to you that was a nice run thanks like i said i have cocoa for cannabis so thanks for that for sure but i just smoke flour i can't really do the the dabs and the edibles are a little too much because with a joint you can put it down and end it with an edible i feel like you're just on the ride if you like it or not <clears throat> i feel like that's the same with the alcohol i mean too you know what i mean people who drink that they they're on the ride. Once they've had that drink, they're just on the ride. But the cannabis yeah. is more safer. Out, you, know? you can stop, recoup in about a half hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I enjoy growing my own. Did your, uh, I can't help but wonder, how did your aspect or your opinion on cannabis change? I mean, I often ask, you know, when did a uh, recreational or i should ask that first was it uh you know your friend tried it you know offered it to you but when it started to go did you find it to be a more of a recreational use or would you find did you find that like kind of a medical connection to it at all you know what i mean in in the beginning uh, in the beginning you know? it was uh you know as you as a kid finds something for the first time, you go a little overboard. So I definitely say I was a stoner in high school, but I found more ways to, uh, especially now that I'm growing, I found more ways to use cannabis in my life to the point that I'm not couch locked and, you know, eating my refrigerator. I found, you know, have the right strain, the right sativa, the right time and place. I'm not so much of a pothead anymore. So I had my experience, like I'm sure everybody else did, where weed kind of consumed you and then you found ways to make weed part of your life. The growing really just inspired a lot of gardening in me. You know, when you get into weed, it isn't just weed. You end up falling in love with all kinds of plants. You're like, ooh, can I top a tomato plant? Can I super crop a cucumber plant? You know, does that need nitrogen? Is that how it works? And it just kind of takes over from there. So I'd say I went from being a pothead to a casual smoker to now obsessing over growing. It's definitely a spiral that's healthy, I guess. Well, that's kind of one of the reasons I'm asking or the angle I'm getting there because I was going to ask, did your uh, opinion of the plant change? You know, did it like kind of change? You know, once For you sure. As you growing it. Mm -hmm. As you more understand, you know, the weed ain't just, you know, it gets you high. No, every strain has a certain genetics that helps with certain things in your life, maybe depressed or, you know, you had a bad day or Maybe you just want to veg out on the couch and you grab that really strong incident and just use it that way. Anxiety, it has definitely changed my mind when I learned more than, you know, it's a pot plant, it gets you high, it's drugs, kind of the whole 
stimulus of drugs. But yeah, I see the medical benefits. It's where that's what I hear from a lot of folks. Yeah, that's from you. Yeah. Uh, it's it's right at that point where it changes from you know it could have been recreational before to where ah, I see it now. I see it. You know that it is more of a medicine. And I don't know why it takes necessarily it pushing out of the, the dirt to do that. But, man, there is something, and I say this a lot as well, you know, cannabis has its medicinal effects flat out. Using the plant, you know, as a medicine, edible, smoking, there's a lot of forms, creams, you name it. And mm-hmm. It's good as a medicine like that, but it's, I almost think it's an even better medicine just cultivate you know what I, and to be honest with you spending that time in the room spend some time with your plants making sure everything's okay that's honestly one of the most uh, medical parts of the plant i think that that time right there is just very very yeah very it's definitely an interesting statement you make though because you're 100 percent right once you start growing you kind of Get your own judgment of what this plant is, what it can do. Until then, you kind of got that stigmatism of drug and high, and you do it just to get high. And not saying we don't abuse it. Not saying you know you've probably abused it. We've all had our days. I smoke like a chimney. I smoke like a chimney. I don't know if you call that abusing it, but I guess in that aspect, yeah, like I may. I may. I, I don't really don't think. I don't think it's abusing if you. Uh, you know, can continue to live a productive life. You know, you have an income, your bills are paid. You're not like stealing copper out of the house to get a dime bag. You're not abusing it. Your kids are taken care of. It's food in your house. You're doing all right. It's just, uh, it is, it, you know, I think, you know, it's, that's, it's at that point as well as, you know, they, it's, you've heard a lot of this out as we've grown up as well. You'll never amount to nothing with smoking that weed. You've seen the commercials mm-hmm. where, oh, you'll amount to lot nothing. Of- you'll be a lizard. I, I, I rarely see that to be true. Most of the go-getters I know are cannabis users, for one. Yeah. And then it's even weirder is once you start cultivating, it starts really dragging you along and making you a better person as you go. It really, once you start growing, you know, it goes from smoking it. To, yeah. I want to grow it for whatever reason. Drop that seed. And it's like, okay, now I want to learn. <laughs> I want to learn. I want to learn how to do it. I want to learn about the plant and it just keeps going. So it's pretty let cool. me ask you, did you start with a, a bag seed and have that same horrible experience bag seed in the window in a cup too small no i actually i started from a couple of clones from a buddy who was probably his last mistake last mistake because i was actually buying it from him for the longest time and that kind of coached him into giving me a couple cuts and it was off and running at that off and running that's awesome but, when you can have someone that's right by you, help you out like that. And that's kind of why I made my YouTube. I want to be that person they can kind of come to and have that one-on-one, or I can even direct them to Cocoa for Cannabis or somewhere like your channel so they don't end up stuck in Reddit like I did, ending up with some some real elite assholes over there. 
and some information that, you know, if you don't do it my way, it's, you're doing it wrong. You know, communities like yours and Cocoa for Cannabis and other kind of small communities, even some big ones where people don't really judge you based on your decisions. They want to help you. Reddit's a dark place, man. Yeah. Dark place. <laughs> yeah. I've, ne- I've never been on Reddit. Never been on Reddit. Yeah. My first girl was by myself with Reddit. And like I said, it was four ounces. And then I found Cocoa for Cannabis. And going from four ounces to 19 ounces, I was a kid in a candy shop. And that's what I kind of like about helping people because I'll get those messages that say, hey, look at this plant. Like it's doing amazing since I went and read this article or you gave me that advice. And you kind of get to live through them that first harvest or that first big yield you had. You get to live through them as they experience it. So when, when, when did you exactly, did you have that aha moment, to be honest with you, where you were like, <clears throat> man, this is awesome. Well, when I, uh, when I got to into cook for cannabis, I've gotta, I've gotta do, I'm kind of like you, ahead. up all night, you know, uh, up all night, and I was on cocoa for cannabis, and <clears throat> I kind of started helping people when nobody else was, you know, in the chat room at the time, because it's early in the morning, it's only about four of us, and I got asked a lot of the same questions and everything, and I tried to pass on the stuff that was taught to me, so I was like, let me make a video about topping. When somebody asked a question about topping, I was able to link it to them, and that kind of gave me the spark to be like, hey, maybe I can start my own platform and try to help people as well. I ran across you, I think, in uh, Home Growers live chat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Much respect for uh, Jack and Dr. MJ Coco, Brandon Brooks, yep. Spartan Grown. Did you see the All episode cool where guy. Spartan Grown lit his beard on fire? No, actually, I didn't. I didn't. But I was thinking about it today. It's it's funny you bring that up because I actually was thinking about that today when I was in uh, Wild Bill's tobacco shop and I was looking down at some home quick and I thought about Spartan's beard catching on fire because uh, I've been told that's what he caught it on fire with was the hemp quick that Yep. lights and stuff with yeah i ended up taking a screenshot and posting it on my uh instagram at least you got a kick out of it what can you do what can you do man <laughs> things that happen live on here yep. it happens yeah, yeah he was lighting something dude, man he just it up That'd be rough. That'd be rough. But he cooped well. He's a great guy. He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Spartan. Taking it so well. Tuck and roll. I call that the tuck and roll right there. Just, just keep going. No matter what happens, just kind of tuck and roll. Get back up. Yeah, roll with the punches. Oh, I think I found that pesty lighter. So what are you smoking on over there tonight? Right now I'm smoking on, I believe this is a rump muffin, but I have a tendency to just roll a joint, take a few hits, and then forget you rolled it. I think I roll more than I smoke. So I really don't know what this is. It could have been the runs. It could have been the, the grape OG. But the runs is one of them that I grew. But uh, 
And obviously still go local here and there to, you know, try different flavors. That's why in this five by five, I decided to do six different flavors because no matter how good something is after a while, you're like just wanting something else on that terpene. Definitely, definitely agree with that. So let's, let's, let's talk about your, uh, the grow a little bit. So how, what did you change from the first one to the second one? I guess what would what would you think that you uh, was the great other than finding MJ Coco of course, but what were some of the, yeah, um, the changes you made from one to two? Well, uh, one, you know, everything in the world could have gone wrong. To answer the question in chat, uh, it is hemp with GG, but it's a uh, a marijuana product. It's not CBD product or hemp plant. I actually grow uh, CBD plants, but. Um, my first grow was done with blurples. That was probably my my biggest issue. And I think that's what a lot of first-time growers fall into is those uh, those blurples. And they try to base it on the old wattage factor, which is kind of hard to base it on now with proton efficiency being different. But I, I bought those blurples that say 1,500 watts, you know, and they're really garbage. If we're speaking honestly, blurples were kind of the first generation of grow lights. So uh, my second grow, I had one TSL and two blurples. And I actually learned how to feed. That was an important one. I followed the Fox Farm. At that point, I had Fox Farm Trio. I followed the Fox Farm Trio chart. And now knowing what EC and PPM is, if you kind of go up the chart, you find out you're feeding like three times more than you should. So definitely finding a, uh, a nutrient chart, getting the, the right lighting for my tent, that definitely brought me up to that uh, 19 ounces. And at the time, I was in uh, the Grove training challenge so I was kind of forced to learn how to top and how to uh manifold and mainline and then in this current grow I obviously have the the fold eight light which made a huge difference but I also stopped trying to go away from feed at one point I thought feed was kind of like the enemy like how can I not feed you know you hear about living soil you hear about uh how you can top dress and amenities and everything and I was trying to find ways not to feed and I think what I did different in this medic fold eight was I actually focused on feed and what each feed did and why are they adding hydrogen peroxide in the feed? And I ended up picking the general hydroponic uh, system and I, I followed Dr. MJ Coco's chart. And if you watch my videos back, like from rot muffins, when they were in like week seven of flower, which about to be harvested, they were the size of the plants that are now in my fold eight that are, you know, only four weeks and an 11 week flowers. So I'm really excited to, see what that yields but yeah definitely lights and nutrients was probably my biggest problem understanding i don't want to call it vpd because that sounds a little and i wouldn't say intimidating but i find new growers really get stuck on that vpd like i got to maintain that vpd but uh at least learning the the ideal environment you're not always going to be perfect on that vpd chart but learning the humidity for veg and what uh, germination's like, and you know, and don't start from 90% humidity and then rip the lid open. It's just so many of those small little tips that I learned that really changed everything. But big thing, if I had to say any grower was going to set up anything, I say it's all my friends. I think lighting is like the major thing. You know, you could probably get away with no tent using some some shit ass soil as long as you have some okay nutrients but the light i just feel like there's no way around you, you got to have a good light you're trying to imitate the sun so 
Well, it's sad to hear that, you know, in the beginning, you kind of got caught up in the uh, Amazon, eBay uh, predators that are out there in the lighting industry as far as wanting to fudge their numbers and save their lights, all that, you know. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. they did that when I when when they first came out. I I I got stacks of LEDs up there from the beginning days, and man, they really tried to screw every do everything they could to make those numbers look impressive. And it's oh, it's yeah. nice that they're finally starting to be truthful these days on what's really going on. But back in the day, it was whatever. It was a cash grab. <laughs> Big I think. But yeah, they're definitely some uh some sketchy stuff. And I think they kind of preyed on the fact that people were still kind of basing stuff on uh wattages. Because a lot of people would come into the chat or even message me on Instagram and say, Well, I don't understand what do you mean? I don't have enough light for my tens. You know, they say it's a two thousand watt light, but really they're meaning like two thousand watt light equal to HID when really you look at the power draw and plug that in a calculator you know it's 100 watts and their false claim of util models it's just i hate to see people do that and i'm trying to make my channel to kind of prevent them from making those same mistakes of buying that cheap light because everything i bought for the first grow is other than an exhaust fan it's it's all been boxed up or thrown away like it's just a waste of money and i like how you call them predators because i feel like that's what it is 100 percent. i don't even know why they're still making blurples but Maybe it's for veggies or something. Oh, they're waiting for the new first round rec growers. They've still got stock to get rid of. <laughs> yeah. Sad but true. Sad but true. Uh, so I'm glad yeah, there I'm are people you. like yourselves and uh, others out there that putting out some good information about lights because like I just stated, you know, we're, we're quickly approaching hopefully a whole new round of people growing with a recreational quickly coming across the United States, which I, you know, I'm glad to be honest with you. I'm glad to see it coming, but I wish honestly medical would have swept first. You know, people would have really gotten on board with what the plant can do versus, in my opinion, mm-hmm. a more so, uh, you know, a money grab for the direct side of it. But yeah. I think, to be honest with you, it, it, it's important that we get people growing as it grow as it goes state by state before it goes completely wreck, you know, one, two, three overnight and then. They say without a vote, you know, we can't grow at home anymore. Yeah, it's right, but you can't grow at home anymore. It grows state by state, and people start throwing seeds down day by day. I think they'll have much more of a fight when it comes time. So I highly encourage anybody, anybody to throw some seeds. Yeah. Seeds down, get some clones. I think everybody should grow their own 100%. It's, uh, Definitely changes your perspective, like you said, but it's also better than meeting, you know, local street dealer and you don't know what's in it or what it was grown with. It really changes when you know what strain you have, when you can use it, when it's good for, for sure. And speaking of uh, weirdness that just popped in my head, but uh, I got a new adapter for my uh, microscope about, let's say, four days ago. So these plants would be four weeks into flower. 
and I was just testing to see if the adapter worked. And one of my middle plants actually had a pink tricones, which I've never seen. So I thought that was uh, some interesting genetics. And there was a plant right beside her out of the same seed bag. You know, she just had her regular clear tricones. But I ended up uploading a video on Instagram. So if anybody wants to see that, that's uh, pretty crazy. Have you ever seen pink tricones four weeks in? Not four weeks in, not four weeks in. I wonder if they're going to go full like magenta, kind of like to a nice purple. Purple. I have seen some beautiful purple tricones. See, I, I didn't know I they existed. It was clear, cloudy, and amber, and that was it. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. What strain are you, what strain is that? that uh, that's cool. That's the, the Glookies by, uh, Barney Farms. I keep wanting to call them Benny Farms for some reason. Barney Farms. <clears throat> but there's, uh, I think, a total of six trains in there. There's two Dosey Dos, uh, two Glookies, an Acapulco Gold, a Blue Gelato, a Girl Scout Cookie, and a Skunk Hero by uh, Ethos, which I got to say is a really strong genetic. That girl just started stacking immediately real tight stacking where almost the leaf is laying on the leaf above it. It was some beautiful stacking. They're about four and a half weeks in, I think, into flip. A lot of them are 11-week flowers. And like I said, I think it'll be one of my biggest yields, but I find it a little frustrating to figure out kind of what caused it, you know, because I tried different methods all at once, which I guess is kind of a bad idea because I don't know what, a, what in the long run increased it or maybe all of them did. I did some... Kyle Bush chiropractic. I did a little bit more stripping than I would usually do. And obviously the new fold eight light with the new nutrients and I'm feeding heavier. So kind of hard to say what actually increased it, but this will definitely be one of my bigger yields. Congrats, congrats. It's We're hey, I'm trying glad to see you on that steady up curve. Yeah, right. Up curve. Oh, oh, I I'm brutal. I am brutal over here, brother. Okay. See, that's what I'm trying to learn. I don't want to call it trading. Oh, man. These plants are very resilient. Uh, yeah. I, I Whatever needs to be done, to be honest with you. And it depends on how how on track I am, to be honest with you. Lately, it's been... A little bit off track. Things have gotten a little bit bigger than they should, and I've had to do some like severe training. But severe training works. I just like a lot of people have seen in here. Uh, can't. Uh, yeah. yeah, my plans are sleeping. All right, uh, I'd show them to you, but you can definitely check out my latest video on my uh, YouTube there. If you are like four minutes in, you can skip all of me talking and just look at the plants if you want. These girls right here, this one was at one point this tall. And I kind of bent her over and a little stress trained her because I uh, thought that's what she needed or the, was going to be the best way to hurry up and train her and keep her under control while I made some room for her. But, man, I, I've i got a girl, a couple of girls back behind that curtain over there that were almost – four and a half, five foot tall, that I kind of tabletop, I kind of like to call it, and it's just a severe bending, and for I'm taking a tall plant, and I 
took that tall plant and I made it four feet across in the initial bend. So I'm actually got, well, one plant taken up to this four by four over here. So kind of like a shrog method? Yeah, it's a shrog without the net. Really? So you just kind of super cropped her to make her own kind of shrog? Let's see. I think I've got a little something you can probably see over there with. Uh, let's see. Let's try this one. See, she's all uh, bent over there. But that girl, before uh, I bent her over there, that girl's four foot, corner to corner. She takes up that whole space. But uh, she was almost five foot there before I bent her over and spread her out. So mm -hmm. I just opened her up and put her in there. And now that's what I'm kind of trying to do these days is more get a bigger plants, take my count down. And, uh, yeah. you know, my yields are about the same, I find. It's just a little bit slower of a process to get going. But once it's going, it seems to work pretty well. Gives me a little bit more room to bank genetics. Oh, you're playing with genetics, huh? Are you cloning your own stuff here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely do a lot of cloning. Uh, at one point, I'm usually between 20 and 30 strains. I'm really down to around 16, but I'm usually juggling close to 30 around. I, mean, I like to... I, I was a tester for a lot of breeders. I'm still a tester for breeders for a long, long time. So I like to keep things in the background and keep some what I call cup moms. I'll let them grow up. Take a, because I'm like you, I like to have my variety. So I'll bring mm -hmm. that one out, let her grow up to, you know, something like this. And I'll take an appropriate amount of cuts for, Four to eight, we'll say, a whole tense word off that girl. No, send that one along. Then next time around, when I want that, I'll, I'll have enough to fill a tent. And then I just kind of put one of them back for my cup, mom. And uh, keep that to Yeah, I was looking at your tent. That looks pretty, uh, pretty intense over there. What size tent is that? These are, those are four by eights behind me. All four by eights. I got it's a, just interesting how that door opens with the split down the middle. How you can have kind of end together. That's actually that's the 4K run right there. It all goes all the way through from tent to tent to tent. Kind of break it up there like that, and then it actually heats. And during winter months, that whole this whole setup heats my house. Huh. All so if you're doing clones and taking saplings and keeping some in veg and everything, how are you controlling your light leaks with an uh, open tent like that? Do you have a separate kind of vegetation tent? No, or are you no. just flowering all at once? They go, they go from clones to usually one gallons. They get potted up to the threes. This is uh, right here. Also, our, air, our uh, staging areas 
for like veg. This little tent back there is also a nice little veg tent. Back behind that tent, there is also another four, uh, eight bank uh, T5 lights in case of overflow. And then there's the 4K unit there. And then back around the corner there, which you could only see part of, there's wow. another set of tents there that are all LED. And then coming back up this wall that you can't see, there's also another line of LED tents there. So, uh, Wow, that's a potential a, grow a, right there. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice perpetual. You don't mind me asking, and how often I'll, are you yielding every uh, two months, every month? I I harvest every month, to be honest with you. So I have 12 harvests a year. Oh, wow. And most times I'm pulling down right about 12 plants per month. You hand trimming all this? If I have time, I try to hand trim most of it. And, uh, and if, if I not, don't, what are we then doing? I'm hanging it. Uh, you're, you're getting all the goods tonight. I, I don't even like this. If not, you, you then, thought you were interviewing me. I'm interviewing you, just picking your brain. Because I'm thinking about a trim not, back, but then, I hear a lot of things about it. Then I cut and hang on this here unit here, which is like a discount. Okay, close trying. Yeah. So you could, back before I got a dryer, I used to run basically this type of setup. Because you can fit three of these racks, which, you know, uh, kind of extend up like this and lock into place. Oh, nice. And then you can th fit three of these in a four by eight tent with some proper ventilation and sucking from the bottom through the top into a filter, which helps dry. But you can, you know, just kind of chop, I like just hang them on the coat hangers, which keeps this clean and yeah. makes things nice and handy. And then, uh, so if, if yeah, I have overflow awesome. and I can't hand trim, even if I have, have to hand trim, that's a decent way to dry. But if I don't have time, then I like just chop, hang, chop, hang, and then do my dreaded dry hang. Like I hate I hate to dry trim, but Hey, so have you used a trim bag personally yourself? No, I haven't. I'm thinking about looking into one. Yeah, I've been talking with uh, one of the marketing teams over there about testing one for them just to see how they are. But uh, I hear a lot of bad things about them. But when you watch videos, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like you're doing as much damage as you are when you're hand trimming. But I could be wrong. There's several opinions on it. chat here so yeah uh, you see me looking up i'm just looking at the larger tv i can kind of see your screen better and i can see the chat i think i see you look up every now and then as well you're probably doing the same thing yeah yeah i try to put my camera so it's not so obvious but sometimes <laughs> what you gonna do So, uh, what do you think? Uh, one of the things that you'll you'll uh, change? Let me get this camera back. Uh, what do you think? Some of the things that will change from the next row? What have you learned from this last round? 
that uh, will improve in that case. Well, when it comes or to my exploit or my exploiting an upcoming video, I would say uh, motor period plants. I need to do kind of like what you're doing. Try to get my uh, my plant count down, so I'm not having to do so many plants. You know, sometimes I'm running eight to nine plants in a four by four and five gallons, just to get kind of that shrug coverage. So. And when it comes to photos, I kind of need to uh, do what you're doing, more of a beater up, one-two punch. I've been a little too soft on them, thinking they're going to like hermaphrodite or something. But when it comes to autos, I don't know yet. I'm still testing them. If they uh, stay a little tiny short plant like they are now, maybe not. Because eventually I would like to take my whole 8 by 8 room and just do autos. Because the reason I like autos is for the fact of, of light leaks. I'm sure anybody who grows photos, you kind of go crazy over light leaks after a while. And I like the fact that you can kind of just throw a plant in. If you see a seed online of, a of an auto, you can throw it in the auto and the light cycle don't matter. Just put it on a crate for distance. With photo periods, I kind of feel like if a good strain comes along and all your tents are full or, you know, we don't have a museum like you do, we, we're kind of stuck with that flavor. You got to mix it up, so you got to mix it up, so. And I feel like I'm doing myself that, yeah. justice if I don't try autos. Well, yeah, I, I would agree with that, too. I mean, you should work your way through a progression as a grower, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I feel that about popping seeds in general with you. I used to tell people, because I used to rep for my buddy some pool there. I was lucky enough that he let me, you know, rep for him for a while there. And people would ask about fen seeds, and it wasn't just because he had his own opinion about fen seeds. But I encourage people to pop regular seeds for several reasons. Just uh, better genetics, in my opinion. More of a diversity. Yep. Uh, I feel like with clones, you kind of know what you're going to get. You know, it either roots or it doesn't. But when you start from seeds, you kind of have that exciting. You really don't know what's going to happen. And I've seen them come up with, you know, three starter leaves instead of two. And I find that stuff interesting. Our, one of our members on Cocoa for Cannabis had a nug actually grow out of a a leaf junction where the fingers meet that was weird i don't feel like you get that with clones you kind of get your root or you don't you know so i can't really pick a, a mother plant and clone from it because i'm still experimenting maybe photos maybe autos just keep playing with different flavors different strains until you find what best fits with you and i think that's the same way with training what i'm saying on youtube or my videos maybe that training doesn't fit your your gross dollar what you're going for and I don't think there's any wrong way to train or really any wrong way to grow. If it works for you and you're happy with the product, that's great. But if you need help, there's people out there that can kind of tell you maybe something you don't like about your grow. This is how you can fix it. But there's no wrong way to grow. I think anybody can technically grow weed, but can you grow it to your standards or your liking? Right. I think as you learn, you should take in, you know, you shouldn't just go wholeheartedly on something you should hear. You know, you should take in what you think is uh, right for you in steps, phases. Mm -hmm. so balls, balls crazy with any, you know, oh, that's, that's what I see in a, a lot of newer growers' mistakes is they watch, there's so many of these shows out, to be honest with you. And they watch, they watch, they watch, they watch. And each one of these shows, a tip, a tip, a tip, a tip. And they mm -hmm. run out and try to incorporate every tip at once, thinking that, yeah. you know, these are all gold. But, you know, they don't necessarily balance out 
we'll say all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, no, they don't. They definitely should implement one at a time. Yeah, hundred percent. Like when I try to help my friends, you know, they call me the next day and say, "Hey, I watched this video," and you know, I pulled off all my leaves, and it was like, "Oh no, what the heck?" Or you know, I uh, I thought if I fed it a whole couple of feet, it'd be good because this dude over here said you can pour it in raw. And like I tell them, I'm not against them trying things, you know, experiment. That dude had good luck. Maybe you will. But like you said, when you're trying to, you know, teach somebody or follow one system, and you're throwing other things into the the mix, it can really uh mess things up. And then give confusion, like, you know, this person said this, but that person said that. That's why I think try them all. You know, I did a little more depot. Yes, I know that's like a taboo word, especially on cocoa for cannabis. But I did a little more default than I usually do. But try it, you know, try it on one plant. I, see what happens. It was nice, didn't it? It worked out good for you, didn't it? I, 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 I'm a heavy tutorial. Oh, are you? You're a I stripper. Like strip huh? them right now. Mm. Uh, very beneficial in my book. Very beneficial. Now, are you lollipopping your plants? Like before flip, are you uh, defaulting leaves and nodes at the bottom of your plants? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I, got, I can maybe show you back over here. You can maybe see a little bit. I do, I, I strip them down. Uh, you know, I'll let them grow up so high. You can see maybe in the back there, and I can't, I mean, you can't really see much with your T5. I thought you could, but uh, let me show you. Here. No, you can see how they kind of got along with okay. like that strip. Yeah, yeah, these were like, let them grow up to where they were like long and scraggly. So I went back through and defoliated, you know, really hard and left this, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which in my opinion, forces all this out. No. Okay. So, basically, in another little bit, you'll have something that looks more like this. You know what I mean? A lot of times, this undergrowth will catch right up, and then I'll have a more bushier plant. You know, I won't have to really lollipop out. Maybe, if anything, either bend this top over and let all that rest of it, you know, kind of push out, or I'll just take like that top off and then. let that the rest of it just explode out into a nice bush. So, and that's something I found with the heavy defoliate is this nice explosion of undergrowth okay. if you do that. It saves a lot of top, 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 which I think in my opinion, takes more time in recovery, to be honest with you. You know, okay, I have, see, I'm a big, big topper. Uh, I have a nice delay time once I go through and defoliator you know nice and hard day or two delay of course but i think it's less time overall than if i went through and top 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 you know then i've got yeah. multiple days of recovery so that's just my opinion yeah. no 100 percent. and again no opinion wrong it, it, it works for you and i've tried them all like in this girl before a flower i tried to uh not pull all the leaves on the bottom usually you know i want to lollipop all the leaves and the nodes up to the the section that i want but in this case i i tried something different i think some people call it like kyle bush method not the kyle bush chiropractor but the kyle bush method where you're going in whatever you want to lollipop you're going to go down and take out all the inner shoots 
And then if you have a thick enough canopy, it blocks out all those leaves you left. So if you're just taking that elbow inner shoot and leaving those bottom leaves, I noticed she, because they were not getting light, the plant started like eating them and turning them yellow. So it was kind of like a, a self lollipop, which kind of comes back to what you were saying with stress and everything. I found by just cleaning out those nodes, leaving those leaves and letting her just self lollipop and eat herself, I was able to hopefully mitigate stress, but also put some of those leaf nutrients back in her instead of cleaning them out. But it comes back to what you said. You kind of need a plant count to make sure you have full canopy coverage to make sure you can even block those leaves out. So yeah, there's all kinds of methods. That was just one I tried. It worked out pretty well. There's nothing about, you know, wrong with making that trial and error, trial and error. You know, that's mm -hmm. the beauty of cannabis is, you know, it's a learning experience. And it just every time, try something new, learn from it, try something yeah. new, learn from it. I'm still, after all these years, still torturing and trying new things. <laughs> Probably a little more than I should, but I said yeah, that one of my life these girls are so been. resilient. Oh yeah, they're really resilient. About anything. Oh yeah, and like you said, when you tie them down, even the two day, I think is uh, you you not, I think it, like thirty minutes after they usually pop up. You know, I, I think your uh, two days is you just being generous because I've seen them like when you go to do like an LST, you'll come back 30, 40 minutes later and she's already kind of turned and taken shape. So uh, I definitely agree. There's less stress tying down than topping. If I ever try a full tie-down plan, I'll have to come to you. You can teach me how to spiral her. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, kind of funny. I uh, one of The girl behind me there is is a Blue Mile. Uh, by, bred by uh, Bingus503. Uh, another great gentleman, YouTuber, amazing grower. But I kept, I kept like, kind of talking to him while I was bending his lady over I kept telling it <laughs> real pulling her down. <laughs> her her up. Back up. <laughs> yeah he, he took it pretty cool. He took it. Yeah I've learned they're pretty resilient. Was, you can do whatever you want with them. Punch them, kick them, slap them. As long as as long as you're following some rules, you know, don't don't chop her down from 20 notes to one, but you can pretty much make them do what you want, I've learned. Oh for sure. You know, yeah, I've actually wanted to. Uh, were you I would a little like hesitant to do something well? silly with him? What do you want to do silly? I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, and I know it's probably even gonna fucking sound silly, but uh, if you ever went like go into your like gardening centers <clears throat> and they've uh, like taken a plant and just like formed formed a figure out of it. Or like say a heart or something yep. like that, just kind of trained the plan into some form. I think it would be cool as shit to. Uh, obviously, you would be, you know, training more for end carcass. You know what I mean? You'd be getting some flower out of it, but it would be yep. cool to have some like just even if it bonsai. came up and it if it was simple as a fucking can of yell a heart or fucking whatever yeah. it would be fucking cool as fuck to say you know that was you know i don't know i'm, no, I'm corny like that and someone of a craftsman so i think something like that would be fucking yeah you could yeah, i you think it would be too easy and I, bend the two ends in and make your little like 
intervene, kind of strip out any nodes that are going to separate. You can definitely do that. See, I thought you were going to spit out you something crazy. Yeah, I crazy. think you could actually get really, I think you could really get creative about it. You know what I mean? Good. Make some, make a form and actually bend her into something. It's I a thing. It's like called bonsai see. cannabis or something. A dude on a cocoa for cannabis made a, uh, he put a seed on top of a rock and put a wet paper towel over it. And the rock was in the, the pot, obviously. And the root actually traveled underneath the paper towel down into the dirt. And then he kind of slowly introduced oxygen to those roots so they'd harden up. And when he took it off, you could just see like the whole cannabis tap root and everything just wrap around the rock. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing. Cannabis uh, bonsai, definitely some interesting things. So if you do a heart, I'd love to see that. Definitely post that on your Instagram. Yeah, I'm definitely interested. You know, uh, it's just a matter of, I think, what I want to form it into. So I think it would, like, it would be really cool. I think it would be, outside would be the perfect environment to do it because you have that, you know, super yeah. explosive growth every day. You know, I think you could actually, you know, twist that stalk and get it to crack a little bit. We're talking about monster heart. You ain't even talking about bonsai. You're talking about like Christmas tree decorations outside. Yeah, I wanted, if I'm going to train it, I want it to be, you know, I want it to last, you know what I mean? I, want See, I think that'd be a good nice. idea for like a male you're going to like just take the pollen from, you know, you really don't care as long as you get some pollen sacks. That'd be a good yeah, one to do. That it. would be a good idea. You're right. Because you're, you're right. not wanting flower, you're just getting some pollen. Yeah. My pot had an ideal lately is, uh, Seeing the four by four is just actually the five by five is going to produce well enough for me. Seeing I just use it as personal, but uh, in the four by four, I decided I would take the rapid rooter, obviously put it into a, a nursery bag, which is like a woven cloth. It's kind of like a, a cloth pot, but a larger gaps. But I decided I would just place that right into the one gallon because usually I remove it from the cloth pots for transplant. So one of the pothead ideals was to just place it right into the one gallon. And then, you know, pothead ideals take over from there. So when I went to transplant from the one-gallon cloth to the five-gallon, just place the, the one-gallon pot in the five-gallon. I, I think it's going to be a failure, but it's one of those things where, you know, it's just a test, experiment, see what happens. I think it'll make a great YouTube video kind of showing what happens if you just throw the nursery bag inside the one-gallon and the one-gallon inside of a five-gallon and try to treat it like it's rock wool or something. So, yeah, I understand pothead ideals. Yeah, I can do this trial. Isn't that what we call bro science? Isn't that basically bro science? <laughs> Maybe. That's taboo words, isn't it? Not really. I don't mind. Yeah, bro this is your heart. I mean, I, I think, you know, as far as that goes, I think a lot of great inventions were scoffed at until. The mass is caught on. Yeah. No bad. No bad ideals for sure. Especially like I said, it's just an extra tent. So I'm playing around with it. While I'm playing around with autos, play around with a different ideal. Yeah, if you find me Tell on me. Instagram or YouTube, it all links to each other. I noticed somebody uh posted my Instagram. I appreciate that.
tweet it's 207. We got some amazing minds in chat. Manny posted the YouTube. Look at that. That's amazing. Yeah, I've only been on YouTube about, I think this month makes my fifth month. And I have, you know, uh, Mars Hydro wanted me to test lights. I'm testing the Medic uh, light right now. Unit Farm just hit me up about testing lights. It just blew up way quicker than I dreamed of. I really just thought I'll build this channel over a few years. If anybody has questions, you know, I have a great video I can link them to. But it blew up a lot quicker than I ever thought it was going to. But, but yeah, and we got Jack Jack Green stocking chat right now, growing my fellow home growers. Shout out, Jack. Mm. We've been talking about you guys. Yeah. All night. Talking about you, Pyros, lighting beards on fire over there. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of good information over there. And that, that is where I initially spotted you there. Uh, Thanking MJ yeah. for giving you some uh, support on getting your fresh YouTube channel going. Yeah. And, you know, uh, as like one YouTuber to another, I thought, man, I wish somebody would have gave me a helping hand back then. So I thought, you know, why not? Mm -hmm. I could give this gentleman, uh, you know, see if he wants I to come out. Luckily, I uh, appreciate it. you were nice enough to come hang out, man. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you having me. Definitely. Uh, no, I found a home grower from uh, Dr. Coco. I've noticed a lot of the, a lot of great people kind of hang out in the circle. They all connect somehow. That's for sure. That's for sure. I think home grower just came out with uh, a book not too long ago too. So congratulations on him. He's definitely uh, moving up. You know, that's one thing that I appreciate about the house, the so much information out there right now is because it wasn't out there when I was first starting to grow. You know, it was a lot of trial and error. A lot of what I had learned in the beginning, you asked about how I can work out my stuff. Well, I've told this story a lot. Man. I was buying from that cat for the longest time. And it was a little bit of his uh, mistake. He would, you know, he was showing me taking me to his room and wanted to show off a little bit he wasn't teaching he wasn't even by any means he wasn't teaching yeah. and i'm sitting there kind of more or less going you got over there taking me some notes and mm -hmm. it was like after a bunch of rivet clan hey give me a cut give me give me a cut man and I think it was more like, uh, here you go. It ain't as easy as you think it is. <laughs> so let's hear it. How was Made that first round? It was good, man. I, I had a nice run the first time. I, really? Like most people, wow, I think that's for a lot of people, you know, it wasn't horrible. You know what I mean? Like yourself, it wasn't, you said 19 ounces. It wasn't a fail. Well, I would my, consider my first that one was 19 four. ounces. Well, well, even my at second that, one was 19, even but that, yeah, four ounces to 19 was quite a jump. Even at that, I would say if you if you started a seed or a plant and finished it and you got something out of it, it was a success. Yeah. But, but know, let me put that first perspective for you. I did uh even did a lot even of with that, I, I bet you were still like, yes. Yeah. This is yeah, some of the best sure. pot I've ever smoked. 
But I feel like <laughs> like most home growers, we set ourselves up for that, you know, amazing. We're gonna have pounds, we're gonna have nugs as big as our head. Yeah, and I also made the mistake of uh weighing my wet weight. So you know how that disappointment went. But I did a lot of things wrong. I ran temperatures like 96. I, I even dried with the fucking lights on with a fan blowing on it. I mean, you name it, I did it wrong. I even uh did too much LST, which I didn't know it even was that during uh flowers so i ended up making all my nodes like down the stem separate into smaller popcorn larks and you know i had a few prize nugs so yeah i was excited but um definitely not my proudest moment so you know congratulations first growth hit it out of the park way to I go say out of the park but i did i did well I, I did pretty well it's like most growers it doesn't come until the second and third runs that's when your mistakes come. That's when you start getting cocky. You know, the first <laughs> run, you're so cautious. You don't want to. You don't want to fuck it up, man. It's kind of, yeah. Did you have all the right equipment up there? Right. You? Oh hell no. No, right. I, I started with the bare minimum. Just worked my way up. Worked my way up. Worked my way up. Yep. That's One piece way, of equipment. You know, and that same. Fuck yeah, man. That's. The way I built my business, my you know, my construction business, the same fucking way. You know, I bought it tool by tool, job by job, man. I made sure I bought a tool with every job I landed. And it was either a tool pertaining to the job I just finished. You know what I mean? That would make the next round a little bit faster, a little bit easier. Or it would be a tool for my next job. It was something like, because I do Same a lot thing of different room. things. Yeah, I may be trimming one day. I'm going to be framing the next. So, you know, if my next job was a trim job, I'd, I'd try to get something trim related to make that up and coming job a little nicer, a little faster. And every job just boom, boom, boom until I had enough to where I could take on anything I wanted to take on. That's the same way I I, I built my grower. You know, I started oh, out with some shitty one of the, the D12 fat lights. Yeah, you can buy at Home Depot the plant lights, mm -hmm. and I had fucking absurd mm -hmm. amount of them together. They grew plants, yeah. but then, then I stepped slowly, took them down. I actually spread them out and added lights. Ah, I still got these. These are still good, and just kept adding that. Every girl, you know, everyone yeah, done a little bit something girl else. Girl. Amazing. So, uh, what's the next thing you plan to add to your girl? Well, I definitely, like I said, if these autos work out, I'd love to just do, uh, I have an eight by eight room, but I keep a five by five and a four by four. And I'd love to just get rid of the tents altogether. Maybe, uh, stop having to army crawl. Because I hand water, so I'm sure some other people know about the army crawl. And I'm six four, so it's not very fun. So I'd like to do a full open grow, get some bigger lights, and just cover whole eight by eight. Just do all autos if it works out. <clears throat> so far, uh, not looking very good being 23 days in and how small they are. Yeah, I remember the army crawl. That's not fun. Yeah, I should have did different genetics so I didn't have the issue of all of them popping at once. But again, I think you learn more from your freaking mistakes than anything else, you know?
even the people I try to help, they say, you know, I want to strip it down. I want to strip it down or I don't want to strip it down or I don't want to top it. They make those mistakes or, you know, I don't want to pot up. And then there you have slow growth. You can warn them, but sometimes you need to make those mistakes yourself. So, uh, you only smoked a flower up. Yeah, you want to hear some horror stories about dabs? Um, I used to play around with dabs, and uh, I used to make them myself, and I had a pressurized tube and everything, and you get comfortable after a while making two, three hundred batches, you know, throughout the time of doing it. And I didn't realize there was a candle lit. So when it exhausted out the bottom, there was quite an explosion. I lost my arm hair and my eyebrow hair, burnt my tongue. But uh, that isn't the reason I don't smoke dabs. You know, I don't have no PTSD from it. But uh, dabs just tear up my chest. I feel like my freaking lungs are going to die. Just flour. I do some edibles here and there. But like I said, I kind of... Uh, Sounds weird, but microdose with edibles just because I'm afraid of that out of control high that you get from it. Why are you over there chiefing on dabs, tearing up your chest? Uh, I do a little bit, a little bit. Okay. Uh, and I, I, it's all good for me. I actually just got a, a little a little rig today. Uh, a little honey, honey rig there. <laughs> oh, that's cute. And then. That's <laughs> you know, I've kind so of found a curve with that. Oh, man, I uh, I make my bubble hash with my trim. Okay, you using like a one of those portable washing machines, or are you just uh, working the elbows and shoulders? I got a machine. I've done it all the way through, but these days okay. I, I make enough hash to where I've got a pretty decent setup. I. I the last one, I've got a 20 gallon. I just bought this last few months ago. 20 gallon machine that I, uh, I've adapted, did my own little spin to, got rid of some things, modified it. Yep, That's same thing. Over time, figure work. out what doesn't work, what needs to be improved. Said that you can Definitely. spend that kind of money on a machine and everybody does it. Just it has to be modified right out of the box. You know, for a bubble yeah. ash machine, you would think that they would just stop taking it off the market as a tradable washer, smacking a bubble bubble sticker on it. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. It, you know, people do that with cars and motorcycles. There needs to be somebody that's the middleman, you know what mm -hmm. I mean, that's taking them out of the box, modifying them the way they should be modified. And then selling them properly as a good machine. Sounds like you got a business idea. Slap a shit talking with Eagle on the side of one of those bad boys. That's what I did to mine. <laughs> That's what I, I didn't mind to be honest with you. First thing, okay. bang. Fucking talking shit with Eagle, slap on it. Heck yeah. No, my, uh, We've done bubble hash, but like old school fucking ice and work out your shoulders to death. I've done the pollen press where you take heat and, you know, rapidly heat the chamber and then cool it. I think they call them what, like cakes or keef cakes or something. Something along those lines.
So what are you doing with it currently if you're not uh, turning it into BHO? I turned it into butter, but like I said, I kind of just uh, microdosed with it. So I ended up end up giving it to friends. Like I have a uh, one friend I gave it to. He lives with his father and he made some uh, corned beef and uh, potatoes. And he thought it'd be funny. You know, his father's 80 something years old, never smoked weed in his life. So he gave him the potatoes and uh, corned beef or whatever. And this dude ended up in the hospital. He thought he was dying. He couldn't breathe. They ended up releasing him with uh, high blood pressure and a panic attack. But he still won't tell his father. He thought it was going to be those, one of those moments where, haha, I gave you weed. Don't you feel funny? But no, this 80-something-year-old man that usually sits on a couch watching bingo straight up had a panic attack. Like, I can understand if nobody tells you. Like I told him, he should have told him. And then at least he would have known when he started feeling a little funny what was up. But yeah, he said he'll never tell him to this day. He won't tell him that he fucking drugged him. <laughs> it's, um, That's funny, evil. Not funny. It is kind of evil. It is. Yeah, this fucking dude's on oxygen shit. I'm like, I'm talking like old dude, don't do shit, sitting on his couch and all of a sudden the fucking TV's talking to him or something. He's like, I'm dying. Like, call oh, somebody. Right. Can't fucking breathe. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. So, yeah, I just turned it into butter and gave it to my friends. But uh, maybe not that friend. Not no more. <laughs> but that's what I kind of yeah. tried to do in this girl was mitigate some of that uh, larfy stuff and just kind of focus on uh, quality over quantity. But like I said, quantity is definitely still going to be there. And these girls, they're uh, crazy big. And if it wasn't all different genetics, I would think, you know, maybe it's the genetics. That's why they're so big. But changing the light and getting a feeding schedule and spending the money on an actual nutrient line, you know, like you said, build as you go. But I started with a basic trio and then started adding boosters and figuring out why people add uh, that. I actually just figured out recently why people are adding uh, hydrogen peroxide to the water. From my research, you correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like it's uh, adding some kind of like micro air bubbles, allowing uh, oxygen to the roots. Are you uh, dosing with hydrogen peroxide? No, I'm not. Uh, no, I, I use a little bit in my cloners to okay. uh, help with, you know, keep, keep back uh, bacteria and stuff in there. And I've heard people, you know, actually, you know, watering it but i'd be afraid of it actually being counterproductive with my microbes to be honest with you yeah that's what i would think because it kills bacteria and your plants live on bacteria but it's actually in a lot of feeding charts it's like you know one milligram per gallon or one milliliter per gallon <clears throat> but it's in there and i was like you know why is it in there and it kind of makes you go digging and research and i'm giving it a shot so far i've been doing it for about two weeks and i haven't seen any ill effects or anything or you know i haven't seen anybody magically praying or anything there is one back right girl you'll see in all the videos she's uh she's always praying i don't know if she found like some religion she likes but she's a prayer she's found that sweet spot in the tent perhaps i guess it does she is in that sweet spot it seems to be my uh my back right ones always seem to be the the badasses but the center one's pretty good that's the one with the pink tricones that's just beautiful Can't wait to see how it finishes, to be honest with you. No, me too, for sure. Speaking of finishing, you doing the the dark test? You know, I tried to find some data on that, and it's really controversial. 
dark before harvest does anything. Uh, I've tried it before. I didn't, in my experience, see anything worth doing, to be honest with you, but I'm not saying anything. Don't do it. The only you know logistic I mean? data I found was one dude actually uh, from that harvest. He had different tents, and he's you know he kept one in twenty four, one in forty eight, and one in seventy two. I don't know the actual YouTuber, but uh, <clears throat> he sent them out for lab testing. And in every increase of darkness, there was an increase in CBD, THC, and everything else. But I didn't find any other data to back that up. So it's kind of like a one word thing. Kind of like you said, you can't go based on everything you hear on YouTube. But that's the only real kind of scientific data I found on it. I've tried it. There's no visual difference, I would say. If anything, if you do it before, you know, when they need water, if you put them in a darkness, it might cure a little on the vine. But overall smell or anything, I don't really see an increase. Like, I can't say it hurts anything, though. So if you're doing it, it ain't hurting. Uh, I think I'm a... As far as that goes, I think I've taken far enough as it is anyway. I don't think I'm going to get a whole lot more out of it. I try. Okay. So that's another Keep question. What kind of jars. amber are you looking at? Some people don't like oh, to, like well, my buddy, he's growing and he's like, I don't want to have any amber. I want to harvest that clear tricone or cloudy tricone because, you know, it has the most THC and blah, blah, blah. You know, the bro science. What's your opinion on that amber percentage? I'd prefer a, a more ripened bud, to be honest with you. I don't even scope that shit anymore. But if I were to have to scope it, I'd say it'd be on the 25. 25 really? You don't scope it? What are you basing that on? Hey, I've been doing this a long time, bro. Again, I just I know how it, how a bud looks the way I like it. I like all the hairs okay. to be, you know, she go full turn. I like all I, stop I, you most of your hairs to be. Yeah, they, they're no longer straight. She's pulled back. Hairs are turning okay. already. I don't. I don't no, want those hairs right. to turn after I harvest, and they turn orange as they're drying. I want that all that stuff to be okay. pretty on, on the plant. I get the most weight out. That's of it. interesting. You get more. Uh, you're the first person to say you're not really It tastes just as good. Might be just a little bit past peak flavor, but still very delicious. Okay. But very more on the medicinal side, I think. No, I hear uh, if you let them go a little more uh, further than, you know, regular people would, if you really just let them go to the end, you can also put on a little more weight on them. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, actually pull before that swell. There is that, you know, final week swell yep. that, you know, things... Harden mm -hmm. up, get a little fat. People don't realize that. Pull, pull, pull too early. Get impatient. No. That kind of I'm brings me to the question. What are, you, uh, what are you doing about taking it down in the tent? Are you basing it on that snap? Some people say if you take it to that snap, you've gone too far. You want to look for that string and then try to stabilize it immediately. When are you considering your dry done, per se? I want to see that stem snap for sure. Okay, so your stem snap. Are you snapping the big ones or are you just snapping the, the small kind of side shoot ones? Oh, I'm random. You got to test it all just because, you know, it. you can't just go by one snap. You got to kind of feel out the whole thing. That's the whole thing. Okay. Really. And then you're tossing them in jars. I know there's jars, buckets, turkey bags, uh, sea vaults. 
Uh, I've even seen people curing uh, paper bags. A little bit of everything, to be honest with you. I've worked my way through jars, buckets. Okay. It's more than I'm comfortable talking about my girl. This is probably more than I've ever talked about my girl. Oh, right? boy. This is your That's episode. Now I'm gonna... No, I like picking people's brains, you know? Not everybody has the same opinions. Like, I find it fascinating that you're actually uh, harvesting not on Tricon. You know, we kind of all preach, you know, don't go off the breeder, don't go off your eye, read the Tricons. You know, this is just information I try to pick from people like you, which I think you're you're pretty high in the community along with Home Grower and Dr. Coco. And I try to absorb that from people and try to say I'm cocky and I know everything. I'm... I'm just, I'm right there with you. I, I think that I like to, I know what I'm talking about. But I'm first met that I don't know any, everything. You know, I'm still, I think that, that you can learn. I've always told my kids, you should be learning something new every day. Only a fool says he knows it all. And yeah. as far as that goes, you know, I, I don't like to talk about my, my growth because I don't want to be, I'm, I'm here every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm here every fucking night so if i were yeah, here trying to preach technique and whatever nobody would fucking do it it'd be old news a year ago <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. i mean so that's but i think we've made it pretty I clear think. through the conversation that we agree that you know there's many ways and there's no wrong way in no wrong in no way am i pushing my opinions or you're pushing your opinions it's a simple trade of information and you can say hey that's that's kind of interesting you know he's not reading tricones how does that work and it's just learning you know i don't think in any way nobody's gonna think you're trying to push a technique but i get what you're saying and you're here every day and there's trolls every day i've answered a good amount of questions so you have you have you're a good amount of questions yeah, no, I'm, I just pick your brain. But when it comes to my girl, I'm really just loving the whole late light. You know, it's uh, it's definitely a great light. And the driver temperature is amazing. You know, if anything, I have a, any complaint, it's uh, that it gets a little cold. You know, I just coming into spring, I have some cold nights. And sometimes it's nice to rely on that driver heat. And uh, even with the lights running, it's, uh, it's pretty cold. You're hitting temperatures of like 78 to... 82 as a hot spot on your drivers. That's pretty impressive. That's one thing that uh, LEDs have been uh, nice about is actually the way you handle heat in your rooms. You know, LED is it kind of showed us that uh, it's not our biggest enemy as we've kind of come to know with the HIP uh, runs. You know, back when I was running systems like this, oh, 75, man, get that air conditioner running. You're killing shit, <laughs> man. Killing your years. Yeah. You know, now nowadays, you know, with uh, the LEDs, we're like, hey, turn that air conditioner on, man. You let the yep. girls get, you want that canopy 85, man, let things heat up, which is nice again on us because it's a less power draw, less a little bit worry. We can kind of keep the room a little bit tighter. You know, maybe put in, a little, oh, yeah. you know, see you during the winter. I was using like some that. of the exhaust, you know, just exhausting it right into my uh, hallway, just eating my house with a with the freaking tent exhaust. That's one thing that I've seen on the opposite end, though, on some of the people that are actually uh, 
doing a little bit bigger grow. I noticed that, not that I'm a big grower here, but I noticed that a little bit here as well, that the heat that I was used to, you know, that ah, heat and everything. I, like I told you at one point, you know, when this was, this still heats my house and it fucking goes through and pushes through, provides good heat, but not as much as it was when it was all HIP units. Oh my right? God, yeah, HID. <laughs> Responsible for so many fires and grows, and of getting caught overall with the electric bill, and that's why people are kind of still stuck on that wattage thing because of that HID kind of old rule: what can you get per watt? When it's completely different, you can plug a light in with the same amount of wattage and get a whole different PPFD or utomol or and really proton efficiency. But I do find some people are still stuck on that old school HID watt. You know, I got this kind of watt when really it's a LED. You can't really say I got this kind of watt in there. Not in my opinion, at least. Now it's more the growers are trying to struggle that it switched over to uh, keep things warm in the wintertime. But not, you know, getting rid of that extra heat. They're like, holy shit, we got to get some heat going in here. You know, bring temps up. They're not necessarily trying to get rid of it anymore. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I think there was a study. Somebody was talking about it. I think in uh, actually Home Growers Live one day, they were talking about how it's been shown that with LED lights running at, you know, an 83% or 83 Fahrenheit can actually increase certain like potassium uptakes. So it definitely has kind of changed from the whole LED field. I know what you're talking about with the whole, you know, you got to turn on an AC. That was a big thing. Yeah, yeah definitely growth styles it. are definitely changing as uh you know technology are changing it's a good thing you know that's what i was kind of hitting to earlier is uh all this knowledge and things that are out now man sure does make it so much easier for the newer grower to take off and have you know good success yeah then i'll get full by plenty of knowledge stuff like that it's so much easier so much easier for people to learn this day yeah ac infinity is starting to jump on the bandwagon with this grow shit first you know their controllers were great and now they're coming out with these like 2200d uh mylar freaking walls and shit i actually bought their five by five that opens up completely it's great for hand watering i do gotta say their controller though in the manual they don't tell you you know you got to calibrate it after a while so i put like five hydrometers and temperature readers around the probe and it was like 15 percent off on humidity seven or eight on temperature so when you're running a controller and it's reading completely off it's crazy but i figured out you can uh hold the mode and power up button to adjust the temperature and the mode and power down button to actually adjust the humidity so anybody who has an ac controller definitely uh check it it may not be calibrated May not even a came calibrate. I might have to actually add AC to my grow this year. Really? What you thinking? Getting a controller? I don't know. I don't know. I'm still playing it out. I went through uh, a couple months ago and actually added a, a bunch more insulation <laughs> in the grow, above the grow, I should say. Okay. I'm feeling it already. I'm feeling it already. It's <laughs> locking in a little bit extra heat. So, yeah, AC Infinity is taking off. They're 
can do a net now too. They know where the money's at. I feel like marijuana really pushed a lot of companies. I don't think if we have marijuana, we'd have these really advanced grow lights. I think it would have got there, you know, but I don't think they're making these lights to grow corn, if you know what I mean. Oh, no, no, no. I think it's pushing the industry in a lot of ways, benefit agriculture across the board, across the board. Yes, sir. Definitely sped it up. Now, I'm not saying they wouldn't get there, but marijuana definitely sped up the light industry. And it's getting cheaper, you know, and I think that's what's pushing the whole HID out of the the picture. And I know I hate to say that for HID lovers, but with the price and, you know, the efficiency and the power save and everything, it's kind of uh, pushing that HID and old school lighting out. And it used to be able, you know, they protect themselves on something, but I feel like lately they're getting a bit squashed. Oh, I know it's time to tear down these dinosaurs behind me. I know it's time. Don't get me wrong. It's just it's just the cheap bastard in me that's keeping them up now. Nah, they ain't okay. broke. They're still plugging along. They're still doing it. <laughs> oh, they still, there is, still bud. there is the LED side of things going on that knows things are going on. The change is coming. It's just a matter of waiting for them to go down one by one. <laughs> It ain't broke, don't fix yeah. it kind of attitude, I guess. No, no, they still grow on beautiful bud for sure. I know about that. There's still some growers on cocoa for cannabis still growing beautiful bud. They do grow beautiful bud, but when they go down, they're definitely getting replaced, that's for sure. I'll probably okay. take those old pictures that are all stickered up there. That's one of the bummers, too, man. I've taken them things down. And they take up some room. They just don't like sit on a shelf or anything. They're bulky, man. Yeah. The XXLs, you know, I think, you know, when I step up and finally get that next grow built, uh, I've got to grow in my mind. And I think them will make it at some point in, uh, not in the grow, but like in the rec or fun side of it, uh, I've got planned out. They'll be just hanging up in there as fixtures. You know what I mean? They won't be. Yep. They'll just be light, lighting up to light up the room and for memory's sake. Maybe like like above pool table light, something like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Retro. Yeah. No, I definitely uh, want to experiment with uh, a bigger room now. But like I said, I don't want to do an eight by eight photo. You know, unless I can sit it up kind of like yours, where you got a whole. Chinese assembly lab going on there. <laughs> uh, it took years to create this. Circle, I bet. It took years to create this little thing. Yeah, we'll see so how those are turn. Do you are you running a a mono a mono crop or a, you know single harvest right now? Or are you trying to run a perpetual? Eventually, I'd like to run a perpetual with autos, but like I said, I just switched over to autos. I have my uh, five by five, which is the New Year's Grow Challenge, which is the, the photo periods. But eventually, I would like to do all autos and run a perpetual. But at this point, my photo periods have like six or seven weeks and my autos have like five, which still blow my mind when you look at the difference of like a seven inch plant and then a full photo period tent. And you're like, 
there's no way that's gonna gonna finish or be anywhere as near equal what those photos are. So I'm still on the fence, but I definitely want to do a perpetual grow, kind of like you, just once a month. But uh, it's definitely an addicting hobby, you know. Just growing for myself, it's starting to add up. You know, you just start labeling jars and putting them in boxes. I kind of enjoy it so much. I I grow more than I need, but it's an addiction. Well, that's another thing about the perpetual. I find that I am because I am a caregiver. You know, I am responsible for making happen meds for my patients, and I want to make sure they have meds. So, you know, a monthly harvest allows me to make sure that they have fresh meds all the time versus you know taking the chance of on a couple of harvests a year. We're out, man. You know. And it's like on a first come, first serve basis too with them. You know what I mean? I give everybody so much for free, but when they, you know, they all, you know, it's on a first come, first serve basis if you need above and beyond. So, you know, if that were like a one or two, you know, (laughs) a harvest a year, well, that would make things difficult Mm -hmm. for everybody. And it would make things difficult on me, you know, those larger harvests and stuff yeah. like that. Not to mention uh limit. There's so many fucking limits here in Michigan that make things hard. You know what I mean? As far as weight mm-hmm. and things like that, it's it's tougher. So a you know, perpetual allows me to break things up into a smaller, yeah. more manageable workload for myself instead of stress and different kinds of medication and different types yeah Yeah. (laughs) this is this is more manageable for a one-man team (laughs) yeah let's see i try to uh have friends over call them trim parties everybody grab a pair of scissors get busy and too hard-headed for that too hard-headed for that i've always even a long a long time man i worked by myself for a long time you know on jobs i just got used to you know, process this will hold that i've, I've known for building jigs <laughs> you know when i'm hanging cabinets you know just yep. things that made little legs oh, let's make things i can do it myself and same thing yep, hanging drywall by yourself you're making a prop to hold up the other end to put it on the ceiling, yep, the little like uh, Jesus cross to hold it, yeah. Oh man, I I did, I did sheets one time where I did it on a scaffolding and I put it up there, and I had built me a little leg at the opposite end of the scaffolding that was you know about an inch from the ceiling, so I could slide the sheet up there and it would like hold that end but not be quite tight. I inch could it in. get the one end up. It was a pain in the ass, but it got done. <laughs> Look yeah. Well, now they got tools and shit for that. As you can, like, just kick into the ground, it holds it up in, like, five places. Too easy. But yeah, probably like, is, you know, probably is something like you ain't that. Got nobody. <laughs> you ain't got nobody. Grab a few pieces yes. of board, put it together. I'm glad to hear that uh, you're a can-do guy yourself. Heck yeah. Just can't light a cigarette, I guess. 
cigarettes weren't meant to be smoked. That's why. <laughs> Have you tried? They were talking about them the other night. Have you uh, thought about the hemp cigarettes? So a hemp cigarette? What, what is that? Is it still obtaining nicotine? No, no, no nicotine. It's just a, a hemp replacement there. A uh, lot less of the stuff, but you know, you're kind of weaning yourself off the nicotine as you go. A little bit more, hmm. but uh, I've heard from a lot of people there, decent re- replacement and a lot better on their health. Well, I'll have to look into that, you know, for sure. What are they selling? I like dispensaries. I think you can get them even at like tobacco shops these days. I know here in Michigan, uh, you can buy mm-hmm. hemp all day long. I'm going buy a, a eighth of hemp. I think it's like fifteen bucks. Okay, so it's just containing hemp. Okay, so there's no uh, psychoactive or THC product in it. I get you. Man, it's weird, man. Even in like like I said, like the tobacco shops, Wild Bills here in Michigan, you can buy like CBD hash. CBD hash. They sell all kinds of CBD products. In the I don't know how they made that one. Shop. I didn't either, but man, it was, if it was like thirty bucks a gram, I was all I was curious, but I wasn't thirty bucks a gram curious. Okay, so you didn't try it. Okay. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. It's sad on the shelf. It's sad. I did try some of the CBD flower gums, but yeah, it wasn't all that bad. It was not. See, I've never done CBD products, only THC. Oh, man, CBD, CBD has a place, especially if it's good CBD. Yeah. Yeah, actually. For like those third guys, but you don't want to dose up on fucking edibles. (laughs) Give them some CBD. CBD actually saved my daughter from uh, the anti-anxiety medicines. There, really, cool. just CBD by itself, huh? Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness. Thank goodness, because yeah. it was a rough road. Yeah, depression ain't no joke, but it's uh, I think that's what kind of scared a lot of uh, the big industry was how much marijuana can actually replace a lot of the pharmaceuticals. You're talking about using it to get people off opiates, which that's crazy. You know, that's one of the big crises right now. And I think it kind of scares the pharmaceutical because people are going to get off their high blood pressure medication. And there's just so many different uh, benefits to marijuana other than getting high, which goes back to what you said, you know. That's exactly why I wanted, when I stated earlier, I would like, I wish the medical wave would have went first. Because I feel that uh, if the medical wave would have came from coast to coast first, then there might have been that huge dent and a bigger fight in the big pharma, to be honest with you. But I honestly, and this might be conspiracy bullshit, you think whatever you want. I honestly think the legalization is being pushed or pushed harder from big pharma than anybody else, to be honest with you. You'd think they'd be counterproductive. Really? But the quicker they can, yeah, the quicker they can push that, uh, they can shut up the, you know, or quiet, muffle maybe the, you know, medical aspect of it. You know what I mean? And there's, there's, a, there'd be another plus by that. 
You know, they get that wreck going and muffling that, you know, it could, it's out of the bag. We know it's got medical benefits, so they're not going to quiet. They can muffle it, but by, you know, pushing the wreck, it gets more and more people, ah, we won the war, you know, we got cannabis, you know, and it pacify a lot of people. But this is also what, what, in my opinion, what will happen as recreation goes boom, 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 and then finally full, less and less medical cards are being pulled. You know, right now with more and more medical cards as it's been building over the years, it's been striking more and more interest in research. You know, there's a demand. Look at this. There's a surge in medical. You know, that's where funding is going to come from. You know, we got to get behind this. We got to get, you know, and it's still going to be that wave somewhat. But as recreational goes, you know, across the numbers are going to go, and I'm afraid funding in general may go down as well. And not only that, I'm also afraid it's it's going to be like a bait and switch. You know, think about this. I mean, again, if Big Pharma's pushing that recreational, you know, kind of look over here, look over here, then they keep, they're able to keep pushing that poison on us. And more likely, they're going to sink money into the recreational so they'll get to, you know, strike up some new profits there. They'll be able to continue to push their poison. You know what I mean? And they've quieted down the marijuana can save everything. Yeah, an interesting yeah, it's, way it's scary. And not only that, is once they've got the recreational going, now then they can really go to Congress, use that push that they've had all these years. You know what I mean with the networking? Here's a bunch mm-hmm. of money now. Let's make it to where nobody can grow. Let's take away that grow. Now they've got us locked down. They've got us supplying us on the recreational market. They've got us locked down, still taking their pharmaceutical crap because we can no longer provide our own medicines. You know, they want at that point. And I know that mm-hmm. sounds like the doomsday scenario, but. Yeah, you know, that's why I would would like to see medical make it across first. That to me yeah. would have been a victory before the legalization, the party use of cannabis. I'll take it as a victory, but once we get that victory, it's no longer. I think we should rest on our laws that we really need to buckle down and maintain our rights to be able to grow and you know push forward. Hundred percent homegrown. You know. That's why I say get some plants in the ground, man. As it's going across and they're letting us grow, man. We got to band together, get them things in the ground, you know, have that strength in numbers, man. Because you get everybody, everyone should go for sure. Take it away. It'd be like trying to take away the guns. They'd be like, no way, you're doing that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a whole other subject. No, it's definitely so, uh definitely want to keep homegrown. <laughs> Don't want pharmaceuticals on that. Too. What do you think of that uh, ulti- ultimately cannabis conspiracy theory I've kind of laid out there? I know it's really gloomy, but I mean, what no, do you it's think definitely of it a little, it's a little gloomy, but it, it definitely makes you uh, makes you wonder, especially with your comment. You know, medical should have came across first, and that's kind of taboo to say to people that you know say i want to just have it recreational it's a flower but 
I understand how they should have been like a footstep, you know, let's get some backing, some funding, let's show the medical use instead of just going cash hungry for that taxing and just legalize it everywhere. Then try to take control. It's definitely a gloomy plan you put across, but I think it's something that should be recognized. For yeah, sure. We need to keep up the fight until the end, that's for sure. Yeah, homegrown for sure. Like I said, it's much better than meeting some crazy dealer on the street, not knowing if it was our PRG or whatever, which was interesting. I learned about that a few months ago. You heard about that PRG? It's like steroids or something. Plant steroids. Make them buds nice and rock hard. Rock hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Here's like terrible for you. So some will go for that extra little bit. That's another thing, too, that, you know, you find that cultivation, it's, it seems like it's an ass-backwards curve, but as people, you know, head down that road of growing their cannabis, they start, you know, as you talked about, they start wanting to, you know, I want to make my cannabis better, worrying about what's in it, and then it goes from, you know, wanting to have my cannabis is clean to, oh, I can apply all this to my garden, and they start worried about, like, healthier food with well. You know, the organic side, though, is uh, really interesting, you know. I'm a salt feeder myself, so can't really uh, say no I do organic. No shame in that. What, are you, what, you, what are you feeding? I'm Can just feeding like a, a general hydroponic. I just follow Doc's schedule, even though it's cocoa schedule. I just feed every other water. I'm using a... Uh, Fox for a motion forest with a mixture of uh, some happy frog. But before that, I was just feeding the fox farm trio, and then I found uh, general hydroponics, which was just crazy. They uh, really boosted. Like I said, I don't know if they boosted my plant or the full date, but I'll take it. Yeah, I think wrong. As long as you're happy with your harvest, your meds. Yeah, as long as you're happy with hey. it, for sure. I'm still here. I just can't roll a one-handed joint. I haven't uh, mastered that skill yet. No. And other uh, people. I use the roller, so I'm sorry, Keith. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. There's some people that can roll one-handed, though. Not me. You lost your, uh, your video. I don't know. I'm not sure if you know that. Yeah, sorry, I had to lay down the phone so I could uh, roll this joint because I'm not a one-handed oh, right roller. Now. You're actually holding the camera? You're a trooper, man. Uh, <laughs> I use my Holy phone for everything, boy. even editing videos. My hand would have been numb by now. <laughs> No, I'm freaking millennial. I live on my phone. But yeah, if I had to say anything about, you know, first time growing, you know, me being fairly new myself, I would definitely say uh, lighting. You know, some people may agree or disagree, but I think lighting is that, that really key element piece of equipment. I think if you're putting together a budget, you know, 70% of it should actually go to lighting. You can kind of get by without other things, you know, without an actual intake or control, you can get away with some fans, 
what, what would you say personally? I know I keep asking you questions like I'm interviewing you, but what would you say, you know, if there's that one key element that a new grower needs to focus on, would you say that's a light when it comes to equipment? Yeah, probably. Because, you know, I agree with you on that because it's going to be your long-term investment. You could struggle with a lesser light and try to figure out what you're doing that's yeah, dehumidifiers. I learned my lesson on that. I bought a bunch of cheap dehumidifiers and realized that's not something you want to go cheap on. It's like I said, that that was the opposite way I started. It was just harder to get a light back then. Oh, I'm <laughs> because sure. mainly I wasn't supposed I wasn't supposed to be doing it for one. <laughs> but I wish that's that's where I, you know, I probably if I could have started there with a nice light, I could see how that would have been you know, more crucial. It would be a good start, good advice. Yeah, I'd like to test out some uh, some of that new Medic Grow Fold 8 light, like I said, but that's or the new Medic light. I think they call it the X-Spectrum or something. But that's the first one I ever seen. They put a screen on the front. It like, has its own built-in timer and freaking... Uh, like I said, live light spectrum, which I've never seen on any light. And then they made it so you can plug little uh, like infrared lights into the side of it and shit. So where do you fall on? I mean, we've talked about cheap lights, expensive lights. I mean, when you talk about light, I mean, where where on the budget scale are you talking? Should Are you suggesting they go more for the high end? Well, I think that comes back back down to the the budget. Yeah, it's 100% the budget. You know, my buddy went out and bought a uh, an eight by eight tent, and I'm trying to go over, you know, uh, car maps with him and Udemy and everything. And he's like, "Well, I can't afford it. I think you need to buy the not only the space, but you need to buy the light that you can afford to cover that space." So you know, you may want to grow 20 plants from the rip, but maybe you can only afford a TS 1000 for a two by two space. You can start off with one plant, like you said, you know, add as you go. I think uh, you do yourself a displeasure by trying to, I would say, beat the Udemy rule in the par maps by saying, I'm going to buy an 8 by 8 like he did. And, you know, he had one good light, the rest were blurples. So I think it really comes down to your budget. I'm not saying go out and buy a Medic Fold 8 light because, you know, it's the best Udemy per cost right now. You could start with a, a TSL and a, a 2 by 2 but like you said, get a seed in the ground. If it's in a one by one a 2 by 2 under a blurple, whatever you can start with. Started a good conversation about what to start with in chat there. Oh boy. What are the, what are their opinions here? Let's see. Uh, genetics. Genetics and environment, they say. Yeah, but I feel like you could take a bunch of bag seeds and throw 50 in there and just kind of pick out your females and hope for no hermaphrodites. You know, there's no runaround or trick to fix the light, but uh, definitely there's always that battle, genetics over, you know, light. Some people say genetics is that number one thing, which I I understand. I get it. More stable genetics, more proven yield, proven plant. You can see the battle. experience, you can master your environment. Shitty environments, you can make it work. 
learn how to tweak your environment. Yeah, you can definitely learn how to tweak your environment. Like I said, I had one thing was like a T4 uh, carbon filter, and that was it. I used fans for intakes and a bunch of pothead ideals, like attaching styrofoam to the top of my dehumidifier and running a four-inch ducking hose into one of my side holes to get lower humidity. I don't think there's any tricks to really uh, make a light perform better than it's going to perform. But genetics, for sure. I started out with one bag seed in a window and a solo cup, and it stretched pretty bad. And it ended up hermaphroditing. It was, it was an ugly first grow, but definitely didn't give up. Just get it right. So I agree with genetics, for sure. Not a not a wrong answer in any way. I think for the most part, there there's a lot of good genetics out there. I mean, who's putting out shit these days? They're trying to put out shit. <laughs> you see that Etho uh, like lifetime pass or something? You pay a thousand dollars, you get a lifetime membership. They send you a bunch of seeds every month for the rest of your life. I missed out on it, but I heard about it. Yeah, I know a fellow that jumped in on that in the early stages. No. Yeah, it's called like Ethel Multipass or something. Somebody said first is genetics, then you need to learn how to grow. Third is your equipment. Well, those are uh, all key factors. They definitely play all parts in it. <clears throat> Same with what 42420 said, you know, uh, save for your uh, save for your grow, you know, kind of put a put away a budget for a two by two instead of trying to start off with, you know, a energy saving light bulb with some aluminum foil walls. Seen some crazy stuff out there. I tried it all. I've had underneath my work cabinets, I've actually had set those up for little bench areas with tinfoil shit like that shit man i still right there thermal blankets thermal blankets are fucking cheap they cover ground and they're very collective you know that's you know a five by 70 sheet right there that reflective material you can get for like 50 cents <laughs> shit you can order yeah. probably 30 of them on ebay for less than 30 dollars Take you yeah, there's always little uh, little things that help out. I have a whole kind of a junk drawer where it's like, oh, I could probably use that to hold up a fan or clip pipe together or use this to hold in my wall. I'm sure you got a bit of a junk drawer for all your gadgets. I think that a lot of growers are, you know, make things work. They're, they're uh, yep. candy people. I can make that just one of those progressions as you grow you're like oh there's a space right there i think i can break that up with uh like something yeah something what i find a gap going. is what i have to really rig a lot and i find a lot of other growers rig is uh canopy fans like the clip-on fans i haven't found any personally myself that are strong enough to really do anything unless you're running like six of them and then you have the desk fans, which we rig up and hang up side down with pull straps and plant training wire. Or there's the hurricanes, which are really nice, but then you kind of got to put a, a hole in your wall to even hang it. Or you got to, again, hang it upside down. 
I feel like there's a gap in the the canopy fan area. I hate to, you know, interview you some more, but what are you using for canopy fans? Nothing at the moment. I don't Nothing, huh? In this setup, no. no. So what? You just have an intake and outtake, and what are you using to kind of move the air over the canopy and remove that light from the heat from underneath the light? Look at you smiling. You got some master plan over there. You better share it. It blows through the bottom. There's a. They're all interconnected, to be honest with you, much like this. There's a fan that goes from 10 to 10. I'll suck in cooler from this end. Goes through 10 to 10. Kind of curves around there. Goes through these. There's actually the hot air out of these gets sucked out of these, vented either into the house or through the roof. And then there's cool air that comes in from the top right there to all the tents. And you can HVAC set up over there. <laughs> Draws in some uh, cool, cool fresh air and kind of lets it cool off the tents. So there mm -hmm. is kind of a, you know, nothing that blows straight across the top. There's definitely uh, much air exchange going on here. Shit, there's been times where uh, there's been so much air exchange in this room that people has actually seen that bag swaying in the background as I talk. They're like that bag's moving. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wow, that's good. Oh, that's awesome. Again, just another way to handle it. That is a different outside point of view than what I'm used to. But I feel like for the people that do use canopy fans, there's definitely a, a gap in the market there, especially for those cheap ass clip on fans. For a while, I've seen a bunch of pictures, people having fires. I forget what brand it was, but some kind of clip on fan. I was like, every week, somebody was having a fucking fire with it. Oh, man, don't, don't get me wrong. My last setup did have I ran canopy fans, but they were just regular fans, oscillating fans. They weren't grow fans. I just kind of rigged them up. Yep, like a I'm desk a, fan, right just flip it upside son. down, let it oscillate. Yep. Exactly. But, you know, yeah. I encourage that because it keeps, you know, it, uh, it's a good IPM. It keeps bugs from flying around. And it discourages bugs from flying around. I find that it actually adds a little bit of stress to that canopy, which helps a little bit with the <laughs> productions. But uh, yeah, I beat them up a little bit, stiffen them up. It's tougher to run something like that in a tent, more easier in a room, but not so easily in a tent. Man, I try to jam pack these things in there. There's been times okay. when things are so tight in these tents, there's just no room for fans. Hey, that's what you want, a full tent, you know? You, you're paying for that light to cover that full tent. Use all of it. Wasted light to the floor is light you lost. Same thing I noticed with uh, running your tents open. I used to uh, I used to do that a lot, just run my tents open so I could walk by and look at them. And I forget who it was in the community, but they were like, hey, you know, you... Uh, don't want to run your tents open you're going to lose that reflective but uh i do like the look of it i'm with you on it like i want to look at my babies i don't you know i don't get the reflectability i give two shits about i would rather have the fresh air change you know i'm, I'm allowing more
our CO2 pass through them tents. It's true. Helping me with true. temperature. Yeah, it's more to be gained in uh, more air exchange than the right reflectivity of it all. And like not losing that much. Okay, you obviously won't long. care about smell. You got that crap open. It's a pretty big room you're in now. Yeah, there's there's plenty of filtration going on here. There's a filter over in that corner that's as tall as them tents. Yeah, LED tents. Running one in my living room sometimes. Still, sometimes, sometimes we still be smelled here, time to time. I like opening that tent in the morning and just getting a whiff of it, especially with like six different strands in there. It's just a crazy mixture of aromas. My Acapulco Gold, I actually squished with a soil bag when it was like two weeks old. Didn't have any grafting tape. I wrapped some fucking duct tape around her and she acted like nothing happened. I'm not sure what the side effects of letting your plant absorb chemical duct tape is, but she she snapped back. So what's has been your favorite strain that you've ran so far? I gotta say pineapple. I really thought it was gonna be the rock muffins because of the color and everything, but that pineapple was uh interesting in its carrying process, you know. When I first took it down from dry, we all kinda wanna take a sample. I took a sample of it, it had me paranoid as heck. I, I usually don't get paranoid. I was was lighting incense and I was getting pretty paranoid. And then as it aged, it just took on this crazy skunky profile as it got to like that 35, 40 day age plus. So I gotta say so far out of the strands I've done, Pineapple Express has been my favorite, one of my least favorites. And it's gonna be a little, uh, it might be, you know, grower's problem, but a little controversy, but Blue Gelato, it smells great. You know, it's alive now, I got it alive. But even when I first germinated her, she just came up with super skinny stem. So, you know, I, I got rid of her. I usually have 100% germination rate, good success rate. Got rid of her, planted another seed of her, and she still came up with just that really tiny stem. I ended up just burying it and propping her up, and she came back. But Blue Gelato has been the, you know, the aggravating strain of mine. I'm sure we all have them. She just doesn't like me. She stretched the worst out of all of them. She was the first one, you know, to say, uh, I'm toxic, you know, yes, back off a little bit. I can't handle that feed. She was the first one to be picky on that. Blue gelato, I know it's probably controversial because a lot of people like that one. But she was my nightmare. She's still my nightmare. She still wants different feeds than everybody else. So, yeah, Pineapple Express would be your my best favorite. yielder. Uh, best yielder was the, the rump muffin, but I don't think that really, uh, I don't think that came down to per se the genetics that made my yield. I think overall my, even my gram per utomol went up. So that's kind of how I judge my yield based on gram per utomol. And my gram per utomol best yield was that rump muffin. But I think that was more of the skill going upwards. I got the six strains in the five by five and they're all doing good. So I can't really say it's uh genetics that's making that yield, but me growing as a grower has increased my yield overall. So it's kind of hard for me to prejudge genetics. It's kind of hard for me to prejudge blue gelato because I'm sure I was doing something wrong with her.
I'd like to play with autos. I could get autos to work, man. That'd be awesome because I love the idea of just kind of plop in place, you know. Hey, it's a good seat online. Let me go buy that seat, plop place, let it grow. Same light cycle, same tent, same environment. I just wish uh, I could get it under control. I think I should have just picked a longer auto. I was too uh, enticed by the whole, let me get an eight-week auto, you know, get a quick yield. But I think I should have gone with something that could have edged a little longer. Maybe, like you said, I stressed it into uh, flower. I'm going to try it out. Keep trying autos. Don't give up on your failures. You know, I... I'm, I'll probably stick to my photos, to be honest with you. Man, there was a little hesitation there. I heard it. No, no hesitation. No hes- the, he- the, the hesitation was what I was going to say next. Because oh. it's flat out and the cheapness of me. Because I feel like, the, you know, as good as the autos I feel it could be or whatever, it's still... It's still a trap. Still a trap. What you're constantly buying again. You know what I mean? You got yeah. you're in, yeah. in a trap of having to buy, 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 seed, 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 seed. You know. I like the sustainability of the photo. I like to be able to, you know, the possibility of finding that one strain mm-hmm. that Dino that works for me and being able to keep it for the rest of my life, I unless I, you know, have a power outage and fuck it up somehow, or you know, I can yeah. keep that one forever with the auto. You know, I'm, I'm buying, buying back to the might as well be taking pharmaceuticals, right? Buying them <laughs> hooked on that yeah. system, you know what I mean? Because even with the with that really found that what happens? One to, that what happens to that breeder if you can't get it no more? You know what I mean? Something goes down. Mm-hmm. Now your favorite train's lost forever. Wow. No, I understand so your point, but I think I'm still uh, I'm still searching. Even if it was photos I stuck with, there'd be no one thing I would say I want to mother right now. I just want to keep trying new things, different flavors. <clears throat> definitely agree with that as well. I definitely agree with that as well. But again, with that with that in mind, when I do find her, I want to be able to, be able to keep her. Yeah, to keep her. No, I, <laughs> I don't want. I don't want him to hunt to be for nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. be the, the one that got away at that point. No, I understand that. You're 100 percent right on that one. Because your fox, she gone, and getting her back. I've read buds before several times. Come back, baby. Come back. Come back. You gotta have one last chance. <laughs> She's worked. It's worked several times. Oh, yeah. Well, somebody in uh, chat oh. said you made a good point. saying uh keeping the mother outweighs the cost of the seeds you could always make more seeds too That's yeah what do you spray it with silver core or silver something or another there's several ways to reverse it or you can just you know make your own start fresh with find that mail make your own seeds fresh as well 
several possibilities of keeping her back in her home. Smoking on some of this uh, Godiva is what I'm smoking on and a little bit of a hash that I got from uh, Alex Hardy. <laughs> as I have to look up in this labeled Wet dream. <laughs> Wet dream from got uh, some hands. That's what's in it. 2019. Ooh. 2019. Yeah, they're saying uh, you got to kind of like age hash after you make it, let it dry out and age before you smoke it. Yeah, yeah that's, it never happens here. <laughs> I don't know if it's like a fine wine, you know, you pull out a, a vintage 87 or something. Yeah, never happened. I appreciate it for the moment. It's here and gone. <laughs> yeah. In that aspect, I it's here and gone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, where's my... Do this love is that exit from my last run. Oh, man. This thing was full from the last run. I made bubble hash. This whole jar right here was full. I was like, oh, I got that much left in it. You it's just six yum. right here, Brad. I'm throwing it. I throw it in everything. There's hash in everything over here. Careful if I pass you a joint because it's always got hash. Somebody said they cover it with plastic for the first three weeks or six weeks. Hash? Yeah, I think that's what they're talking about. Stony Creek said uh, covered with plastic for first six weeks. Shout out to you guys. You're all cute guys. I had that same thing conversation many a times with the, about the long cure with flour. You know, it gets so much better in time. Right? Sure does. <laughs> sure does. Yeah. Like I said, my pineapple changed flavors over time. It started out real kind of pineapple fruity, paranoid-eyed, uh, a nice uh, kind of somewhat harsh diesel eye. I appreciate that. It's just not happening. <laughs> it's just not happening. Just don't have, I guess I don't have the patience. And again, you know, it kind of boils down to the legality of it here as well. You know, being a caregiver, I'm always afraid to store that. too much. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Their uh, their law is you can have up to three ounces on your person and five pounds stored securely at home. So that's a lot of weight for uh, somebody to store at home. <clears throat> Like I said, I don't really do anything. I give some to my friends and stuff, but I grow way more than I need just because I'm addicted to growing different flavors, different strains. So I'm able to age them a little longer. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I'm pretty fair with it. I try to make sure my patients are maxed out, have as much as they can possibly have, and you know, be happy. This is, I talk about this a lot. A lot. 
And I think it is so, so messed up. It's here on, on the medical side, because I am allowed both, but they can't be in the same area. You know, I'm allowed my 12 rec plants, but they're not allowed in my medical. They have to be in a different, different area. Mm -hmm. But every house here in Michigan can have 12. As a medical grower, I can have X amount of plants per patient, and I'm only allowed X amount of weight. <laughs> so everybody needs to have their X amount, so I can have their X amount on backup mm -hmm. for them, basically. That's one of the reasons for the perpetual, to kind of keep things as balanced as it can be. And, and out, moving and going. But this is where this is where the messed up side of it comes from. That here in Michigan, you can go over to your your rec side, and anything on your rec side you were able to produce, you're entitled to. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I. Uh, if you're yeah. able. To produce whatever, how is that fair? You know what I mean? That's, you know, you could have, if you could produce with those 12 plants, you know, just out of hypothetical and uh, 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 you know, blown up numbers, if you could produce 50 pounds over there, it'd be legal for you to possess it uh, in the rock area. But don't you take that, you know, don't you even think about that kind of thing with your medical. You know what I'm saying? Shame, shame, shame if you're trying to use it for medicine like that. But if you want to recreational use it, you can smoke your cellars. That's, in my opinion, crazy. No, it makes, makes logic. Crazy. You know, I just, uh, I, I never got that, but that's the way it works here. Yeah, I find myself smoking a lot of joints, too. I don't really smoke bowls or bongs. Just a flower joint guy. I've seen you spark up something. Oh, yeah, flower. Flower joint with that hash in there. Mm, got like that, that hash flower. You know, I even tried to go, you know, I did get that new rig today, but, you know, and I do dab more than I have. I kind of peaked out there at one point throughout the last year where I was taking a lot of dabs, but it didn't last as long as I thought, man. It quickly faded back into the flower. I've got concentrated here. I couldn't be dabbing, but it's only a, like a now and again thing for me. Yeah, like the right time, time, right place. 100%. Convenience. Convenience. And that's another thing. I don't. I think the dabs. Do you find the dabs just don't last? I mean, you get that peak high. You might get a, a high intense yep. for a few minutes, but it doesn't last as long as a, a flower. Yeah, and sure. I found then when you go to get high on flower, you really don't get any of the effects because you've kind of overdosed yourself on those high levels of THC. 
At least in my effect, I found when I was addicted to dabs. I, I shouldn't say addicted. When I was uh, doing dabs a lot, I found that when I went to smoke flower, you really didn't get that same effect. There's been times where I've been so uh, intensely buzzed from the, the dab that I've had to smoke a flower to come back down, level out. Okay. <laughs> makes any sense. But it works for me. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Those are strong dabs. So, uh, do you think you'll ever, speaking of dabs, do you think you'll ever get back to that anymore? Rosin or just a different material? No, I think if anything, I get into kind of the the hash ideal. I like the idea of taking your excess leftover products and turning it into hash and then just do what you're doing. Kind of, I'm sure you what snake kind of made a snake out of it, threw it in the middle of the joint, rolled it up. No, I don't think I'll get back into, uh, in the dabs, I kind of just enjoy the process of the flour, addicted to the whole breaking it up and rolling it. It's, it's the whole entire process of it. I hear that a lot as well. That that statement right there. I've heard people yeah. have been saying that's why they don't trim as much as they should or like to. And they feel that, you know, the actual leaf on there kind of preserves a little bit and i've even heard of it mm-hmm. it's referred to as like opening a christmas present unwrapping a christmas present isn't that bad oh it is pretty when you uh start trimming back some of them sugar leaves open that prize up in the middle 100 percent. I've been looking at them uh, trim trays where it like catches all your keef for you and everything. I found that was pretty interesting. Always nice to sprinkle some keef on your joints. Yeah, that makes good temple ball material as well. You're making what out of it? You're making balls. <clears throat> yeah, temple balls out of what you kept that keef. That's usually what I do with that type of material, sift it out, clean it up just a little bit, press it into a temple ball. The whole Frenchy method there with the wine file. Okay. That's as close okay. as I'll ever get to a long-term storage is the old good old temple ball, make a nice size temple ball. Just kind of put it on a shelf. Down daily. Not even put it on the shelf, just Take it with the grater down day by day. Just like the jar. Sitting right here. I think my biggest temple ball has been uh, 56 grams. 56 grams of ball. It just sat right here, just like the jar. Sat right here next to me with, uh, I think I got my little, it's a little micro plane right up there. Sat right here. When I roll a joint, I just take it. It's like a fine cheese. I you know, put a little mm-hmm. bit in that roller, put sprinkle that you know, temple ball cheese in there, and then fucking put a little bit yeah. of that there. Just fucking spice it up. Heck yeah. No, that sounds awesome. Sounds yummy. I've also taken yeah, that uh, that material and uh, it's good wrap material. Uh to make a, a hash wrap. You can the same 
principle when you, you're making your uh, temple ball, uh, Frenchie's method there, you know, he'll, he tells you to take your material, put it in a bag, take your hot water bottle, press it out, take yep. that, you put that in the <clears> freezer, <throat> snap it, and then just like a, a dough, you fold it back in on itself. I've seen that. Wind back out again. But instead of, you know, after at some point, he'll take that in, fold it in on itself when he's got it all to a, a blended constant color. At least that's my process. Once I can see uh-huh. like that, I call it like the brindle. You know what I mean? You can see that like light and dark kind of become a, a solid color. Oh, yeah. That's when I'll, I'll ball, ball it up. But once uh, mm-hmm. I find this is, the, this is my trick here. Uh, I get it to that point where it's nice and one color and I've got it right to where I couldn't temple ball it. I'll throw yep. that bad boy in the freezer. It's usually a nice, you know, decent size, you know, whatever the plastic baggie is, six, six by six uses. And, and then uh, so you throw that in the freezer and then you go chop up your, chop up a nice material, nice, whatever get that ready pull that wrap out just like you would still frozen pull that bag up pull that sheet out dump your material in there quickly just like a cigar and use that hash wrap just like a blunt wrap and smoke okay. that. <clears throat> that's gotta be tasty um, that thing will burn for hours Hours mm. and it is so delicious. So delicious. That does sound it's delicious. Just kind of taking a little piece of. I, I'm. I think. I think it's a good method. Somebody else would probably think of something better. But a little piece of tin foil around the end there, where you usually pass it because it's gonna get a little gooey if you don't. So put a little tin foil tip on there that helps fucking that pass. Yeah, it no, it, uh, that sounds interesting. Like some all natural fucking wraps, as natural as it gets. I've seen some people use actual uh, the leaf of the plant too to make like wraps out of them. I found that interesting. Now I think they sell like packing tubes or some kind of shit you can put the leaf in to make it a wrap. They're making wraps out of everything. Roots, uh, another guest uh, makes his, uh, he, uh, hemp wrap like that uh, that you can stuff it's pretty much a, a hemp wrap Kindergar <clears throat> Kindergar is you can buy hey, it they're stuffed or tubes it's really I'd like to try it sometime gentlemen on the other night I'm sorry in advance for not remembering exactly who it is right off the top of my head but uh was uh, rolling his with a fresh tobacco leaf that he was uh, growing in his garden. He was basically ripping off that fresh leaf and then rolling it in. I there. think I actually watched and, uh, one of your guests that had tobacco growing in his uh, tent. That might have been him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great idea. Then he put it in the tin foil and kind of let it sit for a day or two and dry out naturally like that. I thought that was pretty No, cool. that's a genius. Yeah, if you're going to smoke a tobacco wrap, might as well be something you grew and dried yourself. 
Gene Carlos, Canic Garters. Thank you, Warlock. That's that's the wrap there. The Canic Carlos. Love the chat. Love the chat. Shout out to you, Warlock. Speaking of uh, weird so, tricks, you uh, about that crap where you supposedly you can take a plane of glass. And as you're trimming, you take your fingers and press them on that glass and it transfers the, the resin and everything from your gloves onto the glass. And it's almost like an extra uh, scissor hash. I found out after I just harvested, but I found that to be a very interesting technique. I don't know if it works. No, I have not tried that. So don't use it as the finger of the glove has to be honest with you. I never went that far. I'm pretty, pretty thrifty with what I say. That's for damn sure. But I've never, I don't know why I don't do finger hacks. I do, I do enjoy me some scissor hacks now. That's one of the one things I do enjoy about white trimming. Oh, yeah. Scissor hacks. Love me some scissor, scissor hash for sure. That's like a little bit of a taste of what's to come once that's done curing. It's to me, I've always referred to that as like the grower's caviar. Yeah, okay. That's, that's a good way to put it. To yeah, me, that's the best of the best. I like to roll that up into a snake, put it into a joint. Some yummy scissor hash. Oh, yeah, even if after it dries out, you know, and it, there's something still, you know, about mm -hmm. that. I was and when you're kind of trimming different strains and you got different resin mixed in. I used to have uh, yummy. canvas leaves, a storage thing. I used to use that just for my uh, scissor hash. I'd wait for that nice little container to get full. Oh, wow. That's, that's a good idea. And I just, so good. So good. Mm. Just sprinkle that occasionally. Yeah, I might have to try that myself. Just kind of save it up. What do you like? As you, because you're perpetual growing, so you're just kind of saving it from each trim, kind of letting it cure in the jar dry up. Yeah. That's crazy. That's got to be a hell of a cocktail. It's closed. Yeah, it's like oh, it's right there. Oh, I know it's actually got something in it. Ah. <laughs> uh oh, you better fix that. This is it. This is my uh, canvas leaf. Does have hash in there? Little scissor hash. You can actually. Oh, that's a crazy idea. That's actually pretty smart. I'm going to have to try that myself. That's some good smoke. You know, what you got Mystery. You better leave that on the table. I haven't been that patient. I haven't even, I, I haven't been that patient. I actually forgot that was in there. I've been just like uh -oh. at, at the end and smoking it as I go along. Oh, there's a nice bowl. I want to throw that in a bowl. <laughs> 
<laughs> I haven't been as patient lately, I guess. You got to forget about it, I guess. Jesus, that's a good idea, though. I'm going to have to mix me some scissors. Call it the Eagle's Pot or something. Yeah, overall, I've really enjoyed uh, learning to grow, how to grow. I've enjoyed meeting the community and everything. Four twenty says, "Fucking smoke that shit, <laughs> smoke that shit." Oh, somebody said, bro, "Don't man. mix the new with old eagle, or you're risking mold." I don't know what that's about. I wouldn't think that scissor hash would have any way of mold or high enough moisture to grow anything. It doesn't. It's all from one trim usually. Yeah, but even this, if I think it would just kind of dry out like hash and kind of just turn into that crumbly dry yummy. Trichomes do dry fast. I mean, that stuff oxidizes. Yeah. Ah, Chad's been firing all night long. <laughs> So, uh, where do you see yourself going in the cannabis uh, community? Do you see yourself uh, making, staying, making videos long term? Yeah, I would definitely like to uh, do some YouTube, but uh, on an outside of uh, media platform, I definitely, uh, you know, we all kind of have that dream of running that grow up and selling weed to the dispensaries and really making a job out of it. I feel if you enjoy what you're doing, you're never going to work a day in your life. So that's kind of been my, my long-term passion goal is to learn the craft and figure out what you got to do to kind of get the license to either like micro cultivate or on a large scale. I'd really like to get my foot in the door on the, the whole professional growing, but yeah, I'll continue to run a YouTube even if I uh, ended up opening a dispensary, uh, then I or not a dispensary, but a grow up, that just gives me a larger scale to be more towards larger audiences. I love the whole YouTube community and the connecting and helping others. So I don't think I'll ever give that part up. Well, I'm glad you know that you take the time to help smallers. You know, that's people need. People need help, and you know, there should be some good quality videos out there. You know, this community yeah. has been amazing like that, you know, with tips and, you know, I can't say enough good things about the community. That's for sure. But at the same time, you're I kind of part of it. You. You're here every day. You kind of got to watch what you're saying or pushing, and I worry about that with videos, and I really haven't got any trolls yet that say, hey, you're stupid. Why are you doing that? But, uh, you know, I put it out there put myself out there, let people make their opinions of what they're going to do. Well, they definitely, I've definitely had my fair share of trolls. Not <laughs> yet. Thank God. Keep up, keep your head up. You can't let other people spoil your day. No, I'm still going to help people regardless what other people have to say about it. Like I said, I love that moment when people message you and say, hey, you know, you're 
recommended I did this. It worked out great. Or, you know, you walked me through my first topping. Man, it sounds crazy, but I get to kind of live through them because I know what that was, your first topping, how exciting it was. And you see the new mains coming up and you start to understand how the branches work. And I know that whole kind of build up excitement. And I still get that to this day, learning new stuff from you or anybody else I'm talking. I'm still reading the chat. Sorry. Nope. Read your chat. I'm watching your joint slowly burn. This is chief and good. So someone got a hundred acres. They said, Geez. The stuff in there. There's <laughs> there is still talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. There's little pieces of stem in there. It's what you see. Mm -hmm. But uh, it wasn't leaves, it was the pieces of stem. It is what it was. It was this shit. I don't even know how old it was. <laughs> See, I wouldn't be afraid of it being old. I think that's some flavor hiding in there. I'm not smoking it with you, Michael P. So uh, let's see here. What else do you like to do besides cannabis? Cheers, guys. Like I said, cannabis kind of got me into the whole growing thing. So I've really been outside most of the last summer. And um, now that summer's coming again, I've been out there just building rose beds and flower beds and raised beds. And I actually use, because I'm soil, I don't reuse my soil. I know that's probably taboo for you know, some soil growers probably rebuffer it. But I take all my five gallon old soil and I dump it into all my flower beds so after a while i'm just building more beds and dumping more soil but i think it's a great way to kind of recycle that old soil so i definitely my hobbies are uh i owned a pizza shop two years ago but uh i don't own a pizza shop anymore i just kind of stay home and garden and of course grow my weed but yeah weed definitely got me addicted to gardening i got to do that somehow in my professional career via cannabis flowers it's definitely a strong passion. So you ever thoughts about, you know, taking your culinary skills and mix, mixing them with your cannabis? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I know, uh, I think New York City is a big city that's doing that. Right in the city, they have a lot of restaurants that are, you know, putting uh, CBD into their, their foods. And now New York becoming legal and everything, I think they'll, I think the cult culinary kind of field and everything more introduced cannabis. That's definitely a an interesting fact that would probably happen. Be able to order some like Big Mac with some THC in it or something. Call it like the mash push or something. It'll get there. But it'd definitely be oh. awesome to be able to go to McDonald's, get some fucking like some hemp fries or something. So even like taking uh, like the pizza thing, or can't like say like a cannabis based uh, sauce. That's not, that'd be pretty good. Pizza yeah, sauce. you could definitely integrate it into the sauce. Mess some people up. You sell a lot okay, of pizzas man. that way. You sell a lot of them. Get tore up like that, man. I can eat some pizza, man. 
I can almost eat a large pizza with myself, man. And toxic that thing up, man. Oof. You tore up, man. It's bad enough. I fall, try to fall out after a good meal like that, man. You put some edible into that, I might be down for it, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll eat some pizza with some edible in it. But, you know, like I said, edibles, uh, they kind of scare me. I hate that out of control feeling when it's like, okay, I'm high. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm definitely high. It's just a roller coaster feeling, that out of control feeling. It's, I've actually had, like, I've taken large enough dose to make it like a psychedelic experience. So accidentally taken there. Accidentally? But it, accidentally. But I don't think, I didn't, I didn't find it to be a horrible time. That's what I, maybe I, just because I, I woke up like that. Maybe I missed that. <laughs> you woke up fucking high as well? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, man. I didn't oh, even wow. see it coming, to be honest. I, I told, I've said this story a while, man. It's one of my first butter-making experiences. To be honest with you, I just, it was mistake after mistake. Oh, yeah, you think making, uh, too much, huh? Oh, there was no think about it. I mean, oh, boy. And again, as I tell you this story, keep in mind, this is all for myself. It wasn't for my patients or nothing like that. It's like I already see by the you know, picking apart of the scissor hairs that I probably won't get this one. Small bag. So I make my butter. My first batch is. And it comes time to strain out the sugar leaf, the trim, from the butter. And I've got it in my cheese cloth. And it's cooled down to a workable temperature. And I go to, again, cheap guy I am. I know there's more in there. I, I know I didn't get it all out. Grab that fucking cheese, or uh, grab that ball and just squeeze the shit out of it. Yeah, Check that makes you better. Every last me. drop of it, man. It's all running down my arms, between my fingers. No gloves. Boy. No gloves. You know what that that oil's doing? Soaking right in. It was a nice, <laughs> strong batch. I ain't fucking around when I make butter either. I make it strong and then I cut it. You know what I mean? In my brain. And uh, so it tastes a little bit better. So, you know what I mean? When you use the butter, it's more of a concentrate and it's less of a canvas taste. When you yeah, take some of that plant matter taste out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I make it strong. I like it strong. So, okay. So I've done squeeze my ball out. It's already done brain down my arm, soaked in. Haven't even thought much about it. And uh, then we, uh, I made I made cookies. I decided I've got this butter. I'm just and it's full strength. I'm gonna make some full strength <laughs> cookies. Oh boy! So I turn around. 
I mix up a batch of cookies. I throw in some mint chips with uh, the cookies, chocolate chip, mint chip. Mm-hmm. They turn out, they taste like, they taste like uh, Girl Scout cookies, thin mint Girl Scout cookies. Ooh, shit. I eat like a handful of them, <laughs> fresh out of the oven. Fresh out of the oven. Probably got about six of them in. <laughs> Not even thinking. Huh? So, shoving them in. Oh, yeah, just shoving them in. And so then I sit down, smoke a joint. And I'm like, eh, a little tired. I wake up, wake up a few hours later, and uh, I am just completely just uh, obliterated. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like my head's like ten feet above my body. I've already got the permagrin fresh out of the bed. Oh so shit! Go, that sounds good. Do you feel like the old alcoholic thing? Do I take a shower and try to? shake it off well, the shower ended up being like a 45 minute I don't know laugh sesh what kicked it off for some reason was that, that scene in Young Guns where they fucking popped in my head where they're fucking all high on the bike Peyote in the desert. Fucking seen that shit. I don't know why it popped in my head, but fucking had me cracking the fuck off. And it just sparked off a fucking laughing session that went on for about, like I said, about 45 minutes, <laughs> man. Just beat on the wall, fucking laugh. You know what I mean? I'm like upstairs in a two story house, getting dumped. Coming from Dallas, what the fuck are you laughing at? Nothing. Yeah, get out, man. I'm still kind of chocolate, man. I'm, that fucking permigrant lasted for about another good four hours, you know? Oh, it's kind wow. of <laughs> almost like that right. Vegas butthead attitude. You know? <laughs> yep. All fucking day long, yeah. It was oh, very yeah, comparable to like a, like a, yeah, like micro dose or, you know, yeah, you know, psychedelic experience. It was, I didn't find, I, I wish I could kind of duplicate the recipe to be honest with you. Cause really, you can't duplicate, huh? I've never really tried to go down the rabbit hole that deep. And okay. I don't, like I said, I don't know if maybe sleeping through that, you know, maybe. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and then just uh, taking I have seen it. Yeah, I've seen it kind of go south on some people. Maybe I just slept through that south part, woke up on the downside. You know, (laughs) 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 miss. I don't know. Yeah, it was like edibles affect people differently. I don't get that kind of experience. Maybe I just need to sleep through that overbearing part. But that's the thing, too. I think, you know, I've been on the record of saying this, too, because I've met a lot of people that say, hey, man, I, same edible, same by side by side. You know, one person getting tore off. I yep. feel shit off that. 
Nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, I always I, back in the day, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, knowing what I know about cannabis, I almost think that as you ingest it, your body's dictating what comes next due to your health. You're in perfect yeah, shape. Someone plays mental all on good. You. It's like, enjoy it, man. All right. Go have a laugh, you healthy fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if yeah. there's like an underlining medical, you know, problem that you have, you know, some pains, backs tore up, you know, it, yeah. your liver processes it different in my head. It's like, okay, uh, we're going to use this for an anti-inflammatory, a little bit of pain. You're not getting high today, buddy. You're not getting high today. You're in pain. (laughs) So nowadays, when I talk to somebody and I see two people that are, you know, one's like, hey, man, that shit fucked me up. And the other one's like, hey, man, I get high. I'm like, you might want to make a doctor's visit. (laughs) You might want to get out, man. Yeah, it ain't cannabis, man. Damn, that's an interesting way to look at it. For sure. I don't know if it's true, but I, I, that's my, uh, my, my hey, maybe, maybe. But I, uh, I definitely uh, appreciate you having me on the show and everything, and giving me an opportunity to get some more attention on such a, a young YouTube channel. I definitely like watching your lives and I appreciate you having me on here and the opportunity to share my experience and wanting to help others. So I encourage everyone to hit subscribe on you, hit the like button, check out my channel, my Instagram. What is that channel again? Both? Uh, Hemp with what Gigi. Is YouTube? Hemp with Both Gigi are? on YouTube, Hemp with Gigi on Instagram. I'm over on Cocoa for Cannabis. Definitely join some challenges over there with me, him with GG. You can even, you know, if you just want some help with growing, you're welcome to email me, hempwithgg at gmail.com. I'm always around, just, you know, what I don't know, I can probably pass you on to somebody else that does. I appreciate all the people in chat. Definitely hit that like button on this video. I, I have to agree with that. It's been a good night and great conversation with you, my friend. Uh, hopefully, as you know, it sounds like you're somewhat of a fan of the show or you watch. Yeah. I'm not going to say fan. It's a nasty word because you're a member of the community. If you watch, you're not a fan. You're a member of the community. Better start. So hopefully you know what's coming next, what I'm about to say. Now that you've done the spotlight, this portion of it, you have an open invitation uh, to the wormholes. So anytime that uh, you feel like jumping in and contributing to the conversation in a positive, fun way, I feel like for, oh, not for it. your Thanks. sake, but you're always welcome. You know, don't feel like, so, you know, I've handed out this invitation so many times and not everybody takes me up on it. I, I feel like some Oh, I'd love to jump in they to know a personal invitation. You don't need that. That's the thing that I need to make clear. You don't need the personal invitation. You actually have to go, hey, you know, you need to jump on, man. You know, it's, a, it's an open invitation. Yeah, you know, it's an open invitation. No, I like so, it. Come in, bullshit, you know, get some different opinions from different people. I always love talking to new people, meeting new people. How would uh, I go about joining that? You just send out a link or something? Same link. 
It is okay, the same exactly. way you were sent tonight. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, I'll so. definitely uh make sure I jump in there. And again, I appreciate the exposure. You know, I'm a, a young YouTuber, and for you to message me and say, hey, I want to help you, that really says a lot about your character and the person you are and the kind of message you're trying to send on this channel. And I think together in the community, I'd love to be a part of the wormhole and meet these other uh, amazing fellas. Right on. And the other thing I'd like to get from you before you go is that course. That sound bite, my friend. Mind giving me uh, your sound bite for this episode? Again, this is 373 if you want to tack that on there somewhere. What, what do you mean, give my shout out just where you can find me ah. and everything? Sorry, ah, I don't, you don't know. You don't know him with Gigi. I don't know. Let's not finish a couple of stuff. I watched a few of your channels, so, but I don't know if I made it to the end of them. Calling your bluff here, him. Calling your bluff. Give me that thumbs down on that. that uh, <laughs> I watched your channels and you messaged me and said, you know, go check out the. Go check out my channel, see what I'm about. I skimmed through her. Actually, I'm surprised. I'm happy that you did that much because there's been a lot of times when I throw out that invitation and I don't, the, sometimes the day of, it's like, what time are we doing this? <laughs> and it's like the no, same. No, I put it on a calendar. I checked out your video. Did, 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 were you, are, were you one of those? Oh, I'm sorry if you were one of those. But it's more... There's, I get a lot of that are like, never, don't even watch the show, don't even know what they're getting into. It's so like <laughs> the day of. Like, no, I watched before. you and then I seen Smiley sometimes actually uh, hosts it as well. Smiley kills it. Yeah, he does the, the, the uh, organic takeover once in a while, and he most certainly has covered my ass in more than one episode, stepping in, <laughs> making sure the okay, show I thought goes it was like on. a joint channel. He does help out, man. I do definitely consider uh, Smiley to be uh, you know, a co-host, nonetheless, at the least. you know, If I were to have anybody, if I trust anybody with what goes on here, it's most definitely it's Smiley's cards. But, uh, but this is what I'm looking for, GG. This is what I'm looking for. This okay. is what I get from all my guests. You are none the difference. This I is basically it. the structure of the soundbite. Please make it your own. You can add, do whatever you want, personalize it. This is the this is what you gotta have in there. My words, not yours. Hey, this is Eagle, and I'm on fucking talking shit with Eagle. Episode 373. Now, you can put whatever you want before that, as long as it says I'm talking your name. Shit with, hold on. Fucking We've talking like shit with here. You should go have work with me. The episode, you can throw your Instagram on there, your YouTube. You can okay, shout so, uh, out anybody. With, I'm Hemp with GG talking shit with Eagle and episode Fucking See, talking shit. Hopefully you won't leave that fucking out. Please don't leave the fucking out. I'm going to fuck it up. I already know what episode we on. I don't forgot. Three something. 373. 373. So this is Hemp with GG with Talking Shit with Eagle episode 373. You can find me, Hemp with GG, on Instagram. You can find me on YouTube. 
I'm helping new growers, trying to help everybody out. Make sure you check me out. Hemp on Gigi, Hemp with Gigi on YouTube. Cocoa for Cannabis, Hemp, Hemp with Gigi. Thanks for checking out the Talking Shit with Eagle show. This is a great show. Great conversation we had tonight. Lots of things to learn, and I appreciate being on here. Perfect. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and again, thank you for your time, man. I kind of hinted that before the show, but time is precious, man. It gets faster and faster as we get older. And I thank you for giving me a nice chunk of yours tonight. So well, thank you for having me. I'll definitely jump in the hole sometime and chit chat with the other members. I appreciate the invite for sure. Hell yeah. You have a great night, and uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. You too. Thank you. Good night. Well, for the rest of you guys, thank you for watching. I greatly appreciate you guys following along night after night. Hopefully you enjoyed this fun episode. I know I have with a fellow content creator, uh, Growing Hemp with Gigi. Go ahead and follow, follow his channel, his uh his new growing experience. He's just sharing and learning along with you. Uh, fun guy. I'd check it out myself. So those of you that want to follow over to the wormhole, get ready. We'll see you in a few. If those of you who don't, I greatly appreciate your time for hanging out this long. You guys have a great night. Please do something nice for somebody. Bring acts of kindness. Do save lives. See you guys in a few. I am... Uh...